damn good at my job. I would use my new super kung fu powers to fight crime. So I became the best damn cop in the world. I became Kung Fury. Episode 93. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. And I'm Domesticated Dave. And he's a leftover. That's right. I'm a leftover. Welcome back, Mr. Des- Domestic. Ugh, I can't even talk today. Welcome back, Domesticated Dave. You, you can't forget the letter eight in that name. Oh, God. <laughs> your, your Twitter handle is ridiculous. How's your week been, man? Oh, God. It's been long. It's been long. I'm spent this week. Chicago, driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I drove here. I'm spent. I only got a few hours of sleep last night, so... And then I make you sit on the floor to record. Um, actually, I'm, yeah, <laughs> kind of on, on. Well, no. Yeah, folks, I, I forgot that uh, I had taken the table over to the restaurant to make a big graduation catering display, and then we show up to record, and here we are sitting on the floor. Yeah, people think like I wonder if people actually think we're, like we're in like some fancy fucking studio and shit. Oh, did I just did I just break the fourth wall? Sorry about I don't, that. No, you didn't break. No. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think people that have seen us on Periscope, you know, doing from doing it from Jake's basement. Yeah. Oh man, Stately Wayne Manor, we're gonna miss you. 
Yeah, well, hell, we're going to miss Jake for the next five weeks. So, yeah, this is week number one. We can't compete with Lana Del Rey. What can you do? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Last week, I forgot to put that Matt Fraction interview at the end of the episode. I'm going to do it this episode if I can fucking remember. I'll remind him, kids. Yeah, I'm sure you will, Dave. Um, how was your week, anyway? Well, um... Just gearing up for a big, scary kind of event going on in my life uh, this coming Monday. So it's been a lot of diving into work. Finally getting the operation done. Yeah, you know. Uh, domesticated Stacy. I hope you guys still like me when I'm domesticated Stacy. Don't worry, I'll still sound the same. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, just pretty much uh, diving into things at work. Things are going great on that end. Like, um, you know, my, my people are not quitting on me. My... Uh, Food is tasting delicious, so, you know, what more could a guy ask for? Uh, let's see here. At the end of the episode, the Matt Fraction interview, and also unbeknownst to some people that I was in training with up in Chicago, I recorded them uh, arguing about the Chicago Sox and the Cubs. Nice. <laughs> and so I'm going to play that at the end. Very and, nice. And there's some pop culture shit in there, too. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're going to move on to iTunes reviews. I got a couple Yay! new ones this week. Bad yeah. ones? Bad ones? No, unfortunately, oh. no. I'm going to have to get a bumper for iTunes reviews. I'm excited. Thanks, everybody, for uh, shooting those reviews our way. Keep them coming. If you haven't done an iTunes review, just go on onto your iTunes and give us your worst or your best. We like the best, too. Listen to this guy. He thinks he's hosting the goddamn show. I'm just trying to help, man. <laughs> You know, vamp, vamp, vamp. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Settle down. Slow your roll there, Chief. Never. All right. Uh, here we go. We got uh, Once You Pop from Satan Forgive Me. <laughs> Jesus. These guys deliver unique reviews of all the movies and nerd stuff you want to hear about. It's my favorite podcast because they always keep the listeners involved. It's an amazing community of fun and raunchy humor. Hell, I'm only writing this review because they read these on the show. Hi, Leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. So, thank you. Satan, forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to that. I know. What kind of, like, personal shit's going on in his life? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe maybe he's a big Wiccan and the Divine fan. You know, he got excited about all all the news on that. Jesus Christ. I can't wait to talk about that, people. All right, uh, next one is from uh, Charlie Fell. <laughs> Charlie Fell. <laughs> Charlie's fallen and he can't get up, Dave. Maybe Satan can. <laughs> Maybe his, Satan will save him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it's called Makes Me Happy Like Shooting at a Womp Rat. Yay. I have an hour commute each way to work, and this podcast basically gets me through the week. The extended episodes, often four hours or more, fill up the better part of my drive time And the show reminds me of talking to old friends. It's a loose, irreverent, extremely funny, and often informative look at pop culture with an emphasis on Marvel and DC comics and film properties and Star Wars. Highly recommended, but not at all suitable for work. Yeah, we are not safe for work. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. Damn right. You know, that's the thing. It's like... I guess, you know, like, uh, like I've gotten emails from people that have been like, I would like to let, you know, family members and even my child listen to this podcast because the content's great, but you guys cuss too much. <laughs> and I think I responded to one of those emails once. Okay. You know, and I was basically like, you know, this podcast isn't for everybody. Sure. 
and and that that's it. That's the last time I responded. I think like I got a couple Facebook messages saying we custom. I just I don't even respond to those anymore. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I, you know, they just. They just, uh, they're, they're trying to help, I think. No, stop sticking up for everybody, Dave. <laughs> you do that every fucking week. Hey, man, they're, they're my boys, you know? Why listen? I mean, just like, okay, if I'm cussing too much, or Jake's cussing too much, or whatever, just, you know, turn us off and listen to something else. Listen to NPR or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they are, they definitely have a lot to choose from. So, so yeah, you got a lot more to choose from. You don't have to choose something that ex, that has that explicit banner on it. I mean, that's why it's there. It's because we cuss. Oh, but it's too excessive. Mm. I guess there's a limit on how much the expli- – should there be a double explicit? We get one fuck. Just one fuck. One fuck. This is not a PG-13 <laughs> movie. Man. That podcast would be noticeably shorter if we only got one fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I'm just going to get a – I'm going to get ten fucks out of the way real quick. Okay, cool. Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. I don't know how many. Was that 10? Does that feel better? Yeah, it does. Feels good. good. Oh, it's like stretching. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get warmed up, you know? Gotta, gotta get, get the juices flowing. Yeah. Those fucking juices flowing. Oh, yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get any, any theme music this week. I'm gonna try to earn my theme music this week. Oh, your macho man? Oh, yeah. Last week when I started playing it, you started bragging about downloads. Uh, what are those? What the, what the fuck, uh, podcast do you listen to that gets on there and starts talking about their, da- that was between me and you and Jake in a text message, and you're like, well, I'm just, you know what, I'm gonna get on here and we can stroke each other's cocks about how many downloads we're getting. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I get excited. God. Uh, Domesticated Dave. I'm going to call you Download Dave. <laughs> there's there's no numbers that I can substitute into that name. I'm not sure I, I can work with that. Gosh. <laughs> what podcast are you listening to where they're talking about their download numbers? I, I, I don't listen to very many. That's horrible. Oh, well, now I know. Yeah. You, you see, you're educating not just our listeners, but your, your, your cohorts as well. Yeah, that make you happy there, Dave? Yeah, I, I, I like to learn. All right, take her down a notch. It's starting to creep me out a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, exciting and all of it. No, we're, we're recording on Saturday night. I'm learning night. what an idiot I am. <laughs> <laughs> it, t- it took a few years. I'm socially awkward. <laughs> well, everybody knows Downloads that. are great. <laughs> Let's talk about them. No, guys, I'm really excited. I, I we're recording on Saturday night. I'm gonna talk about my public masturbation session next. What? <laughs> I'm just that talking a, about things you shouldn't a, talk about. That Dave. was a private text message between Jake, you, and I. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it involved your privates. <laughs> Fucking nut. All right, go ahead. What are you? You were saying something. Elimination Hopefully chamber. Something coherent. Elimination chamber. And. Double pay-per-views in one month. Yep, it's coming tomorrow night. My man Dean Ambrose is going to be the new WWE champion. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I could give a shit. I oh, I don't care. Man. Dean, I don't even know who Dean Ambrose is. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I don't even know you I'm so, I don't watch men greased up, rubbing each other and flipping <laughs> each other over and... If they had barbells in their hands, you'd be way more into It's that. like, no, this is like, yeah, I get barbells. Yeah. I don't watch guys lift weights, Dave. <laughs> you lift weights for hours a day. Yeah, but I don't watch guys do it. It's not like I'm watching the weightlifting channel and shit. You just, you just stand there. Oh, there's uh, oh God, there's John Murphy. He's lifting a 45-pound dumbbell. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, have you, have you ever seen the video footage of that guy from Game of Thrones carrying that giant log? 
he broke this like thousand. Oh, are you year talking old? about Mountain? Yes. Yeah, my sister met him. Oh, dude. she got her picture taken with him. Oh, did she like have him hold her head while she did it? Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. No, she did not. She should have had that in the picture. <laughs> yeah, but no, she was at like my sister's like really into fitness and shit, and she was at like one of these like. Comp- not competitions, but it was kind of like a convention. Mm-hmm. Hogan was there. Schwarzenegger was there. Nice. You know, it was insane. So, yeah, go ahead. You were talking about, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, no, don't go ahead. You were talking about a bunch of shit I don't care about. Some, oh, okay. Some kind of match <laughs> between Dean Ambrose and, I don't know, whoever the fuck else. <laughs> Checking your phone. No, turning off the ringer. Okay. So I didn't have any more uh, um, bad disruptions like last time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right, no, you're, what else were you saying? Were you saying anything else interesting or not? You- uh, do I ever? I I'm not sure. Okay, apparently not. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to move on to... This is an abusive relationship, but it's okay. It is, it is pretty abusive. <laughs> like, you come in, like, you're, like, raring to go. You're all happy and shit. And you're like, you're like a puppy, and I'm just, like, smacking you in the uh, nose with the rolled-up newspaper. Okay. I'm very tough, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> Dave can handle it. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on to emails. Cool. Okay. Come on, bumper. Not that one. <laughs> I got a, that was the one I played last week. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> we, we trash on this guy so much. Thank you for your bumper. Ha ha ha. <laughs> All right, hold on. This one. This one. It, no, this one gets the treatment this week. Okay. Guy goes out of his way. There we go. Damn, Leftovers of the universe. All right, we got an email here, and it comes from Andrew. We have two Andrews this week, different Andrews. All right. So I'm just, I don't want you getting confused later, Dave. Don't worry. I say we got another Andrew email. I'll come up with uh, different pet names for both of them. Don't worry. Oh, fuck. Hey, Pop Culture Leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. People are still saying and Frank, and the guy hasn't been here in like a fucking month. <laughs> I don't even know if Frank is, even exists anymore. Well, I, I'm sure he's still listening, and he's happy to hear from you guys. Really enjoy the show. You guys are doing a great job of making a fun, unique podcast. I'll admit that the first couple episodes were a bit of a struggle. I found you guys to be major dicks. I then realized that's how... My friends and I talked to each other. He realized that he was a dick, too. Ah, he's one of us. (laughs) He's like, well, holy (laughs) shit. I'm one of these guys. I'm a dick. It's like being gay. You're walking around. You're like, something's up. I don't know what's going on. Oh, wait. I'm a dick. That's it. I was born this way. What? You're saying all gay guys are dicks? No, no. That's not what I said at all. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's like you're born that way. That's what I'm saying. You homophobic sack of shit. That's not what I said. You said it's like being gay. You're walking around. Something's up. And then you realize you're a dick. Well, uh, damn it. You should have said you're walking around. You realize you love dick. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that why I'm stroking all the listeners all the time? I just didn't even realize it? Is that what's going on? What? Okay. No. Hold on. Hold on. You always say that I'm stroking off all the listeners when I'm just trying to be genuinely appreciative. Wipe that fucking smile (laughs) off your face, you son of a bitch. (laughs) 
it's, yeah. it's a it's it's not a homophobic smile. It's a I very know. <laughs> this we are so not even closest thing to being homophobic nope. on this podcast. Nope. So yeah. I got a giant Pinkie Pie statue right in the corner, man. Yeah. Brony love. So, and that's not being gay, but I mean, it's definitely supporting. Now you're for the saying team. that all gay guys like My Little Pony. No, I did kind of you're say that. Didn't basically, I? saying that any Brony out there is gay too. <laughs> no, we're, we're not gay. We're not gay. We're just willing to learn. That's you don't all. know anything about gay men at all. That's true. I don't. <laughs> Gosh, all right. LBGT, LBGT community, I apologize for domesticated day. I really do. <laughs> I am's what I am. I, I mean no, I mean no harm. Oh gosh. I am's what I am. Like, like, like Popeye knows anything about the gay community? Uh, he's, he's kind of, kind of butch, man. I'm tough to the finish. I... <laughs> <laughs> I want a Brian's dating disaster homework assignment where you, I use that on a date. <laughs> oh man, I haven't been talking about those lately. I have been going back out on dates. Lately. Oh man, yeah. I think we need they a segment. They all fucking suck. Well, then that's why you need to talk about it. <laughs> They're really not even worth mentioning, but they do suck. So. Oh, I, I, I will be the judge of that. I got you... another one tomorrow, and then I got another one lined up next week if I want. Jesus, I man. I <laughs> Sorry. How do you have time? <laughs> I don't know. It's ridiculous. At this point, I'm just I'm just doing it for the hell of it. Well, you need to do it for the show, young man. We, we need to hear about all this. Yeah. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I didn't even read the rest of this guy's email. Oh, sorry about that. Called him a dick, and then you insulted every gay listener <laughs> that we have. I did not insult him. You, you get mad that I that I don't insult the listeners enough. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you singling out listeners, though. <laughs> I, I am not singling out anyone. <laughs> You're next, Polox. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, man. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> that, that would take a while. We've already got a five-hour podcast. Um, we, don't, we don't want to you know, take up two work days for everybody <laughs> okay he says we're dicks and then <laughs> thank you <laughs> having a deep conversation over your favorite movies comics while still being able to take the piss week after week is surprisingly fresh when you brian and jake got into a heated argument over terry cruz i realized then i was in man of steel was pretty dope too thanks andrew thank you andrew no pet name no, I'm going to give the pet names a rest for a week. Thank God. <laughs> Got an email here from Clint Stone. Is is that Clint Stone? Is that like not the perfect comic book like name of like a, yeah, like definitely. a detective or something? Like so, or somebody who's like riding on the on the open range with Jonah Hex. This is ask my partner Clint Stone. Or a gay brony, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, piece it would actually, shit. that would work. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Pinkie Pie, Clint Stone. <laughs> okay. Rainbow Dash. <laughs> Clint Stone riding in a pinky pie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah. E- email here from Clint Stone. I think Ed Brubaker. So that'd be like an Ed Brubaker comic character. No, definitely. Clint Stone. Yeah, it'd be right in there like in, in a, like a fatal character. Yeah, No absolutely. doubt about it. Yeah. He says, hola, PCL, dot, dot, dot. And Frank simply had to drop you a message commending you on a great podcast. She blinded me with science was outstanding. I've been playing catch up as I came late to the table, as it were, and didn't get on board until episode 67. So it's taken a while to power slam multiple five-hour sessions into my soggy noodle of a brain. 
That said, congrats on your wonderful podcast. The Netflix to binge or not to binge conversation was so good, I reenacted your conversation to my wife. She's not much on podcasting. We had a great discussion based on your topic, so thanks for that. One of the things we like to talk uh, one of the things we like about your dynamic is the three of you don't always have the same viewpoint. This is refreshing as so many people I speak to about pop culture tend to vomit back the same bullshit they've heard elsewhere. I appreciate Frank chiming in with his views and not being afraid to be your whipping boy. I also have to give props to Domesticated Dave. He's down with Lynch and Twin Peaks, so he's cool in my book. You yeah. try trying to keep it short, but again, just a big your gangster as fuck yo. Keep on keeping on from Clint Stone. Thank you, Clint. Very cool. I'm glad I got a fellow Lynchian out there. Is that what you guys call each other? No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's it's one of those. You guys a, get together and make fun of bronies and fucking call each other Lynchians. No, it's an acquired taste, and it's one of those that you can really like alienate yourself in the room by expressing a love of David Lynch. Uh-huh. So when you identify a, a fellow Lynchian in the room, it's always cool to be able to talk about some of that stuff because it's confusing as shit. It and is, like, and you got to like be able to bounce it off somebody else and like try to make some sense of it. Yeah. There was like a companion book for like the Lost Highway that tried to explain it, and really? I, I couldn't understand the companion book. That doesn't surprise me. It was a very oblique movie. Yeah, I will never watch it again. Next email comes from Zach Troja. Hey, leftovers! In last week's episode, you were talking about the movie Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland. I've been a huge fan of him since I read his novel The Beach. My favorite film that he has written so far is Sunshine. Have you heard of this movie, Dave? Um, sunshine. Yeah, sunshine. Not um, Little Miss Sunshine. No, yeah, definitely not a science no, no. fiction movie. Right. Um, sunshine isn't that the one where the the uh, sun's going to be going supernova, and mm. they're they're watch they're watching it. That sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it stars Captain America himself, Chris Evans. Yep. For those not familiar no. with the film, here's a quick plot summary. That's a team, not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, it's not. He says a, a team of international astronauts is sent on a dangerous mission to reignite the dying sun. Oh, yeah. I guess it is. I guess there's two two movies, huh, Dave? No, that's totally it. That you got confused the way they're trying to do <laughs> It must be like the deep impact fucking <laughs> Armageddon confusion. No, not, no, that's totally the movie. Right. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's a dangerous mission to reignite the dying sun with a nuclear fission bomb in 2057. Sunshine has got to be one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made with some of the best visuals and stellar acting. I Tupperware this movie. Thanks for the podcast from Zach Troja. Thanks, Zach. Um, yeah, dude, I found out, like, he has written some other movies, but that was, like, like, um, Ex Machina was Garland's directorial debut. That was a hell of a debut, man. Mm -hmm. Setting that bar pretty high. Mm-hmm. Fucking killed it. All right. Next email comes to our uh, us to our uh, from our buddy Dan Hunter. Uh, Dan has been listening to the podcast for quite a while. He says, "Hey, leftovers." Dot dot dot. And Dave. Whoa. Yeah. Holy Ooh. shit, man. I, I feel special. I've been getting into comic books a lot this year. Ever since Free Comic Book Day, I have been really into Savage Dragon. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but I was wondering if there were any storylines that I'd have to check out. Also, the Rick and Morty book is so cool. I love how Jerry fucks everything up. It's not as good as the show, but it's still pretty damn good. Both are Tupperware. All right, um, 
real quick, and then he he's got some more. I, I, let me finish this. Also, what are some good Batgirl stories? I can't remember what you said about the new Fifty Two run. One more thing: Do you have any experience or insight with comic grading? Thanks, guys. Dan Hunter. So he wants to know about Savage Dragon. I've never read an issue of Savage Dragon. Yeah, it's he falls under the whole. I, I've talked about my Liefeld thing. That yeah. I think he's a great character designer. Yeah, but. Just him as a guy and as an artist, I have trouble getting into and throwing money mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Um, but I I have picked up a story here and there. The the story where they ended the original character and the son took over was really really good. Uh-huh. And that was just that was just one of those that I was able to overcome my own personal bias against the creator. Mm. But no, I'm not I'm not hugely familiar with the character. Yeah. just because of my personal biases yeah and it was back when image like when they first came out it was one of the first comics released with that branding Mm -hmm. correct so i mean even then they were just like oh let's try to create superheroes and villains that can maybe rival marvel and dc and they figured out later like they don't have to really go the you know capes and and the the tights route you know they could just they could just do their own stories so yeah, and as far as Batgirl questions, uh, mm. honestly, it's a good time to be a Batgirl fan. The new creative team, especially the art on the book, is amazing. I really, really hope Convergence doesn't fuck that all up. That would be very think, disappointing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the new Fifty Two ending, and then whatever we're gonna, whatever we're going to be getting, everything looks more diverse and. Um, as far as like themes and things like that, it looks like it's not that that same new fifty two tone that it had when it first came out. Everything had to be dark, and I think they're trying to be a little more inclusive. Yeah, you know, and uh, take some of the good from the from the the continuity of the yeah. old. I, I've got uh, con- I I had to finish it out. I I bought the last issue of Convergence, even though I told myself I wasn't going to do it. Just like mm-hmm. just like another addict, I'm like, oh no, I got I got to do it. Just one more. One more just hit. one more. But yeah, I'll talk about that later on. Uh, let's see here. And uh, comic grading? I don't know. It's one of the most boring subjects ever. Oh, oh, it's, not that, it's not that grading isn't an interesting thing. It's just that the guys who are really into comic book grading are so into comic book grading that you don't want to learn any more about it after talking about it for about fucking 15 minutes yeah don't you like okay you send it into cgc you got to mail your books or whatever to cgc i I don't know how much it costs but i mean and then you pick your rating and then and then they'll agree with you or not no you know the most interesting use of comic book rating i've ever seen was Mm -hmm. uh on adventure brothers i believe season one episode one the story is told out of continuity uh, through the course of the episode, but the way you can tell what the uh, what point in the story you're at is by what the grade on the comic book it, that shows in every scene. It's it it gets degraded through the course of the story, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out the continuity of that storyline by the current grade of the comic book. I always thought that was the most creative use of comic book grading I'd ever seen. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um... I guess I mean it adds value to your comic once oh, you get them graded. Without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, um, Jared, did you see him posting all his pictures of his first appearance of uh, Spider Gwen? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh man, he's got a beauty. He's going to be passing that one down to the kids. 
He got it all graded, 9.8. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've, I've never seen a 9.9. You'll never see a 10. I mean, a 10, you'd literally have to, like, right after it comes off the line, sure. like, drop it into a, yeah. you know. Into a vacuum-sealed yeah. time capsule. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But Doctor that, Who's got a got a 10 grade hanging up on the wall of the TARDIS. I've never think I never think I've, I don't think I've ever seen a 9.9 either. No. So. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's what's the point? It's like it's like the the when I get the health the emergency health code inspections at my restaurant, mm-hmm. if the, if they had inspectors giving out one hundred percent, they'd probably fire that dude. Because what's the point of even them being around if they're just like, oh, it's perfect, oh, it's perfect. You know, it's their job to make things better. No, so sure, you'll never get a ten, right? All right, next email comes from Andrew Ross. He says, what's up, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. This email is strictly for Brian, guys. Sorry. Hey, Brian, haven't talked about basketball in a while, and I wanted to know how you feel about LeBron being back in the finals for the fifth straight year. I'm a huge LeBron fan, and I didn't join the hate bandwagon when he had the decision. He definitely made a mistake in the presentation, but I believe he made the right choice. He won a few championships from a genius like Pat Riley and brought it back to Cleveland so they can win a championship. And considering what some of their other star athletes in our society have done, what has he really done that is that bad? He didn't cheat on his wife, bet on games, take steroids, sexually assault anyone, etc. I just don't understand the intense hate people have for him. I'm guessing you're a huge Michael Jordan fan. I'm 28, so I got to see most of the last three championships from Jordan very closely. I love Jordan, but I know a lot of people that hated on him at that time too, like people hate LeBron today. I just wish people, I just wish people appreciated watching great players play the game. Now I'm happy to know that LeBron's name will be mentioned with the best in the game. Bird, Magic, Jordan, Kobe, Duncan, James. Anyway, I know this isn't pop culture, but I would love to hear your thoughts, Andrew Ross. Good thing that you gave him a few days after the Bulls lost to ask this question, or that might have just totally derailed the whole episode. (laughs) All right. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Dave. Oh, Uh, sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, you did. Uh, (laughs) Didn't mean to bring that up, but I did. Um, uh, Let's see here. LeBron James, it just, it's, yeah, the whole decision thing sucked. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm just not a big fan of the guy. Uh, I think that he tries to. The Jordan's career played out. I think organically. I mean, unfortunately, his father was. He got his three championships. Unfortunately, his father was murdered. He left the game for a while and played baseball for a couple of years because his father, his favorite sport was baseball, and so Michael Jordan just couldn't think about basketball and just wanted to play baseball and, you know, see if he could do it for his father. And then comes back to the game and dominates. And, like, everything that Jordan did, and and Jordan was with the Bulls, you know. I know he came back and played for the Wizards those years, but, I mean, everything that Jordan did, you know, it it, it felt like it. And he took took that team, not a team that was – most of these guys were drafted. Some of them were brought in, like Pippen was drafted, and the team was, you know, they brought in, they brought in Rodman, they drafted Tony, and and all this stuff. It just seems like the Heat was a team that was just like assembled, like you know, pieces. Like they just bought these, you know, big chips, these 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 you know, great players, and and then LeBron like leaving the team. It just felt like. Oh, I'm going to leave, and then I'm going to come back to Cleveland and bring them a hopefully bring them a championship. And I don't know. I, I think I would have had more respect for the dude if 
when he when he came up to his contract if he would have just stayed with Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's like Jordan didn't leave Chicago. Jordan Jordan stayed with Chicago. He didn't. Jordan didn't win a championship for his first like eight years in the league. Man, he stuck it out with them. He didn't jump ship to go play, you know, fucking ball with like you know Carl Malone and John Stockton. He didn't fucking jump ship to go play in Detroit. They're you know rivals and shit. You know, oh, I'll get a championship with these guys, with these Pistons. I know he said the question wasn't for me, but I, I just I've always had the observation about LeBron James is that. He, you know how he's painted himself as the man in black and, you know, the villain of the story and that sort of thing. But look at wrestling. Think of one God, guy God who called himself it. king. Every guy who calls himself king is a bad guy. Like, you paint yourself into a corner when you call yourself King James. And that's fine if you don't care what people think of you. But LeBron James obviously cares a lot about what people think of him. And so if you try to paint yourself as the heel, but then you've got the thin skin of like, why don't they like me? Why don't they like me? That You're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism. I think as a physical specimen and as a leader, he's a he's a hell of a player. I think it's folly when people make the arguments about – uh, who's the best of all time? Who's the best of all time? If they played now or in their prime, who knows? You know, every generation thinks their guy is the best guy of all time. You know, you're, you're, you're talking to the – if you're talking to guys who are like 10, 15 years older than us, they're going to say Magic Johnson. They're going to say Larry Bird. They're going to say everybody's everybody's guy is the greatest of all time to them because mm-hmm. it's what made you a fan. But, you know, LeBron James, you know – you know, fuck you for eliminating the Bulls. Thanks. Bye. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, like, okay, so, like, Jordan, Jordan, like, got cut from his high school, you know, basketball team. And here's LeBron James and his high school basketball games are being televised on, you know, ESPN. And it just goes to show you that, like, he's kind of self-entitled. And it, I mean, he is a great player. I'm not going to dispute that. He's a great player. He's one of the greatest. But... Jordan, I mean, I think Jordan overcame, overcame a lot, and Jordan's just clutch. And I mean, every time Jordan went to the finals, he won. So that's all I got to say. There, there are there are certain um, statistics that will always put Jordan on top mm-hmm. yeah. until somebody else trumps it. Jordan, thirty points per game his entire career. All right, enough of basketball. Greg Pagano sends us an email. Hey, leftovers. A.K.A. Just Brian, dot, 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 and Dave. Oh, he knows that it's just going to be me and you. Oh, right on. Yeah. Hopefully I typed the title right. Oh, yeah, uh, so I can get the Supergirl link. Yeah, he did uh, the S and CBS stands for Supergirl. Oh, very nice. I sent that out to a bunch of people, by the way. Very nice. Also, I wanted to give my take on Tomorrowland. To start, I have to, t- uh, to start, I have to taste it because I really did have a good time watching this with my daughters. Every time I looked at my eight year old, she had a big grin on her face, even part, even in parts that I thought would be confusing or heavy with dialogue. My six year old is more of a critic. She agreed with Athena that she didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. I agree that the Hugh Laurie message was annoying though. Also, the weird relationship between Clooney and Athena creeped me out a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. You know, the thing is, like, the girl that, like, I, I like, the first two-thirds in the movie I really liked, and, like, 
the girl that played Athena was really good. Mm-hmm. She was a lot of fun at the beginning, and then just everything just took a shit that last half, that last third of the movie. Yeah, it, it definitely didn't stay the course. No. Well, that's it for me. Thanks as always for the nerd news and laughs. It'll be a bummer not having Jake for a few weeks, but I know Brian will hold down the fort. Loyal leftover infantryman, Greg Pagano. Thanks, Greg. Thank we you, appreciate Greg. it. Absolutely. Where are we on time? Dude, we're only like 36 minutes in. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're good. just getting warmed up. All right. What do you say? What do you say about going into good pop, bad pop? All right, man. I want to thank the listeners for uh, sending the emails with acknowledging me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. <laughs> like, like you're an abusive relationship. Thank you for noticing me. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't. No, I, I'm just uh, thankful to them too. Domesticated David, stop kissing so much ass. <laughs> Gosh. I just want to say thanks, leftover army. <laughs> I've been blessed in this life, and I want to say thank you for oh, the blessing. Gosh. Hopefully you can find your balls next episode. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, shit. What's going on? With the v- Hold on. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, we took a little break there. No, they didn't know that, though. So whatever. All right. It's now time. they do. Now they do. It's time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Uh, sometimes throughout Good Pop, Bad Pop and throughout the podcast, we may rate things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, first thing I wanted to talk about is Kung Fury. Kung Fury is a 2015 Swedish martial arts comedy short film written, directed, and starring David Sandberg. Uh, It's an homage to the 1980s martial arts and police action films. Now, this movie, it was crowdfunded through Kickstarter... Uh, back in back back in December 2013, which I I uh, I helped back this one. Me too. Uh, and with the pledges, it raised six hundred and thirty thousand dollars, six hundred and thirty thousand and nineteen dollars, exceeding its original target goal of two hundred thousand. It fell short of the feature film goal of one million, though. But man, six hundred thousand. I mean, with no. Like, big-time stars. Like, this wasn't, like, the Veronica Mars or, like, the Zach Braff fucking movie. So, I mean, those – I think those did hit over a million. And, and even I think the the uh, Broken Lizard guys, um, they hit over – well over a million with the Super Troopers. Well, yeah. So, no, th- saying, like, this is impressive for mm-hmm. basically a Swedish martial arts comedy film. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, kind of like uh, – <laughs> um, do you want to rate it? I don't know. I even know how to talk about this one. Well, we, 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 we both backed it, so yeah. I don't think there's like any question about that we're going to have very good ratings for it. Well, I mean, you can back I mean, I can buy a comic book, and it doesn't mean that I, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, that's true. Okay. Tupperware. I, yeah, Tupperware. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, so, you know, I fucking loved it, dude. It was yeah. insane. It's uh, it, it reminded me of like, 
I don't know, like everything I love from like it was almost like a you, – would you watch regular show? Mm-hmm. Like some of the weird things that happen in it just reminded me of like a live-action regular show too. Like the arcade machine coming to life, that, fe- that seems like a regular sh- show type thing to happen. Yep. But I mean it was like you take like a character from like Contra and you got fucking Ferraris. You've got Triceracop. It's a cop that's a Triceratops. Yeah, I, this movie's bizarre. Should, yeah, I, I don't know how. Let's 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 try to describe how this how, movie goes. Right, <laughs> it's only a half an hour, but we could sit here and talk here for five hours about it. It's there's so much in they it. They pack it, and some of this shit doesn't make sense. Like, okay, it starts off with like the, the, the thugs in the alley. Okay, okay, let's let's before we just gush and ejaculate all over our love for mm. this. Let's let's come up each come up with one thing we didn't like. We got we got to be balanced. Mm. There had to be something you didn't like. Mm. Myself, mm-hmm. uh, the tracking the stuff, which I, I thought was was something that he meant to be cute, mm-hmm. but I just it was it was as though you were watching an old tape from the eighties in a VC in a, in like a, a VHS player mm-hmm. and. There would be tracking where the the screen would frost up and you would lose some of what you were watching and it would go to another scene. Right. And there was frost and it would go to another scene. I just thought that was kind of like a little too much. I I would have liked the transitions there. But, you know, like then all of a sudden you're either fighting in space. I just thought it was, yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't want to show like those extended scenes, so I thought it was like just showing how epic the battle was, breaking it down. I thought it was a cooler fight scene than the Hulkbuster fight scene in Age of Ultron. Fucking sue me. Gotcha. It was. Well, that was my one thing gotcha. I could come up with. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I I can't think of anything that I really didn't love in this movie. Okay, because the one thing I thought of when, when I saw it, I was like, oh, Brian doesn't like that. Remember. Computer generated crowd scenes. In this, I didn't give a shit. Oh, okay. Can I say I, no. there's a, there's a scene where Adolf is, Hitler is talking sure. to his stormtroopers, and you can tell it's like three dudes yeah. just redone over and over and oh, over. I didn't care. Uh, Not that, in this. Okay. I mean, this is comedy. I could give a shit, but like when you do it in World War Z, or if you do it in like a Lord of the Rings movie, I'm thinking it looks awful. But in this, it was just like I don't care. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. I shouldn't have mentioned Hitler. Let's 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 start at the beginning. I guess. I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kung Fury lives in a town that's overrun by th- by thugs, and I mean, it's Miami. anything can happen. <laughs> anything, can ha- yeah. It's Miami. It's nineteen eighty five, and I don't want to go through the whole thing. I want them to watch it. It's only half an hour, and you can watch it on YouTube. Okay, but it's hilarious. I mean, you're going to see things like Dave said. You're going to see like you're going to see. Uh, a, you know him. Him basically get his powers from the red. You know while he's fighting the red ninja in the alley. And how does he get them? He's of course the most epic way possible. He's struck by lightning and then bitten by a cobra. You know, I mean simultaneously. Simultaneously. I mean two of the coolest things ever. You know what I mean? This is like a, this is almost like Axe Cop. Like a kid fucking wrote this. You know what I mean? Like a kid from the eighties wrote this. And then put it in like a, a time vault and then dug it up like, you know, 30 years later and they made a movie about it. Basically, if you made a list of like everything from your childhood that mm-hmm. you loved yeah. and just started crossing them off one by one and that would – let's put it all in 30 minutes. There's a guy that's playing a video game, stand-up arcade game and he loses 
kicks the machine and says, fuck you. The machine says, fuck you back on the screen, transforms into a fucking robot, flips him two middle fingers, and then starts destroying him and everyone in the fucking city, blows a cop's head off. Dude, it's fucking insane. This fucking short is insane. (laughs) And that's when the fucking battle ensues with Kung Fury. And it's insane. Like, he's flying. He's got his Ferrari. He's flying down the road. Uh, is it a Ferrari? I thought it was like a Lamborghini. Oh, no, it's a Lambo. Yeah. yeah. it's a Lambo. And he's flying down the road in this red Lambo. And the fucking doors, he's got like the fucking, not the Pelican doors, but the, yeah, the vertical doors or whatever. And they slide up. He gets on top of the fucking car and starts shooting as it's flying in the air. It's insane, Dave. <laughs> Show's nuts. What was your favorite scene? Um, I, oh, I can't remember the line. I can't remember the line, but he's fighting those guys in the 2D, the, the, the side scroller. The side scroller. And he says something like, uh, something about, do you like your spine? Well, do you remember the line? It was so fucking brilliant. It's holding your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, do you like your spine? And then he rips his spine out of his fucking body and says, it's holding you back. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I loved how Adolf Hitler was Kung Fuhrer. Oh, yeah. That Kung was Fuhrer. genius. Yeah. The, the, no, I thought the strongest scene was the side scroller scene. Yeah, it, it was great. It was totally like the old uh, 2D fighting games because mm-hmm. there's this, this sort of like recurring crowd scene in the background, and he's just 2D fighting all these dudes. Yeah, I was uh, I was working, but I did watch like a little bit of like the premiere when they premiered it, and then like before the premiere, they actually had like interviews with David Sandberg and stuff like that, and it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I got a tupper with this. If you haven't seen it, it's called Kung Fury. It's bizarre. I mean, it's crazy. He goes back in time, meets Thor, Vikings, Viking babes with machine guns that ride triceratops and laser raptors. Yeah, raptors. There's raptors that shoot lasers out of their fucking eyes, Dave. That's the thing that happens <laughs> this in this. Valley is full of laser raptors. Right. Hackerman was my favorite about the whole thing. Oh, Hackerman? I loved Hackerman. He, he, he just reminded me of like a Napoleon Dynamite character. I, I love that movie, so that, yeah. that would make sense. I don't know. My favorite. I don't know. My, I just my whole thing was the, my favorite thing was the whole thing. Triceracop was just ridiculous. Like his, <laughs> just like at the beginning of the movie, like the exposition. They're basically just saying it. Like at the beginning of the movie, he's talking to that one cop that's his mentor, and he's uh-huh. like, "You're my mentor. I love you." <laughs> and like all this shit, and he gets killed. And at the end of the movie, there's like no growth between him and Triceracop, but like there's this exchange at the end, like this hug. Almost exactly the it's, same conversation. It's exactly. It's not earned <laughs> at all, but it's fucking great. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, like do, do yourself a favor if you haven't seen this, hit YouTube right away yeah. and check out Kung Fury. Man. Yeah, if you got 30 minutes to kill and just want to laugh. Yeah. If you don't like this, there's something wrong it's with you. It's so good that you'll even smile and dance along when you hear David Hasselhoff singing in it. Yeah. Like, that's how good this movie the is. The Hoff 9000? Yep. Fucking <laughs> <Getting> ridiculous. <laughs> you said was that, that was, his voice? Oh, yeah, that was him. He was singing so. all over the end. That was that was yeah. David Hasselhoff singing. All right. Let's see here. Let's uh, – yeah, so Tupperware the fuck out of Kung Fury. Yeah, that's an insta-Tupperware party. Wow. All right, I want to talk about – oh, Dave, do you have anything for us for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Oh, yeah. I, I okay. got the opportunity to see a little something earlier earlier this week. A buddy of mine who does stand-up comedy was uh, played a meth head in the first short of a series of – I believe there's six episodes. It's on the uh, Comedy Central website. I think it's like a pilot. They're trying to see how many hits that it will get. It's called Nothing to Report. 
Um, it's uh, six-minute shorts that follow the day-to-day adventures of Chance Blackstreet, played by my favorite wrestler of all time, Chris Jericho, and Moses Packard, uh, a, a comedian by the name of Nick Mundy. And they're two cops who operate in the the vein of like action duos like Riggs and Murtaugh and Tango and Cash, only minus the investigating plus a lot of sitting in the car. And they they basically they get the job done just as soon as they deal with all their emotional baggage. It's hilarious. And mm. it's just it's just little like six minute shorts. But you seriously need to watch this, Brian, because like if you guys ever wondered how the dynamic works between Brian and I and our day-to-day friendship, this is the closest you will ever see to it. You've got the one guy who's very sort of like action and ready to go to things, and you've got the other guy who's like deals with weight problems and uh, emotional anxiety. Like if you watch this, Brian, it'll blow your mind. I'd swear we know the writer. It's like it's like hmm. like like they've watched us. It's what's it, what's it called again? I'll have to watch these. Nothing to report. Nothing to report. Okay. Yeah, I would I, w- I would give it I would give it because it's only like you know six minutes long. Sure. It just gets to taste it because you only get a little taste. Yeah. And I'm so personally biased toward my favorite wrestler of all time, Chris Jericho, that mm-hmm. there's no way I couldn't love it. Mm-hmm. But it it just gets to taste it because it it's it's a lot of fun. And little little bitty bites. Do you listen to his podcast? Uh, if I can get through the thirty minutes of advertising on each episode, I yeah. try to. I do a lot of fast forwarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've never ever been so annoyed by DDP yoga over and over and over and over. Hmm. I uh, and he really softballs interviews. Like really? he never ever asks any question that's like in any way going to be. Something that might, and like, I'm sure it's a conscious choice, mm-hmm. you know, but from a viewer standpoint, when you're talking to someone because it's timely and they're in the middle of something that's like, if you're, you're dealing with like CM Punk who just quit the company, you know, you, you would, you, you don't softball a bunch of questions to him. And it, it was, it, I've never had an interview that he's had that I've listened to where I felt like he challenged them in right. any way. Well, he's, you know, of course, like, you know, friends in the business and he doesn't want to step over any. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very politically correct and safe. Right. So, I mean, if, 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 if I didn't love him as much as I do as a performer and I've read all his books and stuff, I probably couldn't get past some of that stuff. Okay. Uh, the other, the other thing I wanted to talk about was something I, I stumbled upon called the mighty magic, magic swords. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Mighty Magiswords? Mighty Magiswords. Okay. Okay, this is a digital short on the uh, Cartoon Network website. Okay. And it star uh, the, the main characters are Vambar and Prios, the Warriors for Hire, and their last name are Warriors. They're not really Warriors. But they're a brother and sister who are on this constant quest to find Magiswords. But... The animation is like an homage to like old 30s animation. So Magiswords are just magic swords, Magis, right? Magiswords, one word, with, with an S, Magiswords. Okay. And there's a lot of like 60s and 80s love from like Astro Boy and Voltron in there. Mm-hmm. And that. It's, it's just flash animation, but it's done as an homage to that old style of animation. And uh, they're only like four minutes long. They're just tiny little bite-sized things, but... They find these magiswords, and 
like the chainsaw magic sword where he has to say groovy to get it to work. Mm-hmm. You know, st- little little stuff like that. Right. That are, are just really brilliant. So awesome. And if you got little ones, check it out. Mighty Magic Swords on, the, on the Cartoon Network website. I've got the Adult Swim app on my phone. I wonder if it'll be on. I bet it'll be on there. I don't know about Adult Swim. It's it's oh, it's, just, it's for kids. Oh, it's, it's really okay. kid friendly. Okay. okay, okay, yeah. I'm thinking. Of, yeah, I'm thinking Adult Swim, and I got that app. Bad Pop. I would have to say. Oh, and uh, Mighty Magic Swords is definitely a, a, a taste it as well. Taste it's, it. It's, it's cute. I like it. I hope they give it a little more time and maybe develop it into like half hour episodes. Right. Uh, Bad Pop. I have a confession to make, everyone. I fell off the wagon. I started smoking again this week. I fired two employees in one shift, and one of my cooks handed me his pack of cigarettes and said, you need these far more than I do. So I've been trying to struggle through it, and I've had a few cigarettes, and I'm sorry. I'll get get back on the wagon after Monday. Fuck your health, right? (laughs) Fuck your health. I'm, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Nope, smoking makes everything better, Dave. <laughs> Anybody who's ever done anything good has done it with a cigarette in their hand. I'm tossing it. I'm tossing it all. I'm just out. On Tuesday. <laughs> it's fine. Dude, I know how hard it is. I'm not giving you any shit. Anytime, if I get, you know, I've uh, it's been three months for me. And, uh, but, you know, if something like horrible happened, I'd go running for the Marlboro Man myself. Sure. So. All right, let's see here. Next for Good Pop, Bad Pop, I'm going to talk about the best show you've never heard of. It's a Tupperware from me. It's called Mr. Robot, and it's on your favorite network, Dave USA. Oh, yippee. Uh, It's about – for me, it's a Tupperware. I know you watch this as well. I'm going to get your reaction here in a second, but for me, it's a Tupperware. Uh, It follows a mysterious anarchist who recruits a young computer programmer who suffers from an antisocial disorder and connects to people by hacking them. Uh, it stars uh, Rami Malek as Elliot, a young programmer with social anxiety disorder and chronic depression. Uh, Christian Slater as Mr. Robot, an anarchist who recruits Elliot into an underground hacker group. Portia Doubleday as Angela Moss. Carly Shaken as Darlene. Uh, Martin Wallstrom as Tyrell Wellack, the senior vice president of technology. Jerry Holm as Man in Black. Um, so... Dave, uh, what did you think about Mr. Robot? You saw it today. I did. Uh, Brian was very smart in how he presented it to me. I did not realize that this was a USA Network original program until after I had watched it. So I didn't go in with any preconceived personal biases. And I have to say, uh, initially I was like, this is just digital dexter like i was thinking the same thing too yes i was like you know but see i never watched dexter okay i know what dexter is though he's like the serial killer that kills serial killers Mm -hmm. or something like that and well this is is the security analyst who is actually secretly a hacker that brings down the establishment right it's 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 the it's he's digital dexter i mean he even has the 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 cd case full of his his conquest just like dexter had his little box of all of his okay. little blood samples. I never, yeah, I never watched Dexter. I know, I, I was thinking that, see, ne- never even watching Dexter, I was thinking the same thing, that it was like this, like the, the computer hacker version of Dexter. But, just what, weird. Yeah, but the thing that, because uh, it was just going to be a taste it, especially when I saw the big book of CDs, I was like, okay, this is Dexter, digital Dexter. But 
There are little things about this show that, like, for one, the main character is batshit crazy. Like, I think half the shit we saw in this first episode didn't actually happen. Like, yeah, I, I was getting that. Th- I was getting that feeling too. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think Mr. I was. I kept thinking like, is this like a Tyler Durden situation yes. going on right now? Yeah, I don't think Mr. Robot is real. I don't think the Men in Black are real. I don't think Mr. Robot's real. I yeah, think it's, it's like all in his head. It's like a Beautiful Mind meets Fight Club meets Dexter. It mm-hmm. was, uh, yeah, meets Hackers. Yeah, it was insane. Yes, and then the like, there's a lot of like imagery in the background that. Uh, really is smart if you pay attention to the stuff in the background. Oh, yeah. A lot of this... Like, if you ever watched the old 80s movie They Live, where they yeah. play around with all of the uh, latent mind control in our in our digital, in our media. Um, What's the co- company called? E-Corp? Yeah, which they call them Evil Corp. And, like, every time <laughs> they show, like, one of those E-Corp signs, it says Evil Corp. That's what he sees. Well, dude, they, they, uh, they hate Apple. Like whoever whoever this is, oh yeah, this like, show. Oh like, yeah, he specifically shits show. on Steve Jobs. Oh, I know it was. Uh, it, that, dude, that whole scene was insane. Like, if you're not like, I was hooked within the first seventeen minutes. Within okay. the first seventeen minutes, we had I thought what was an amazing scene at the beginning with the fucking uh, child porn peddler. Mm-hmm. That was fucking insane. Well, that was that was so vigilante superhero. Right. Oh, that was great. That scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to like the scene between him and his uh, therapist, his psychiatrist. That was wow. Like, and that it goes back to everything that you said about certain things you're thinking may not be happening because, like, what I saw was him talking to her. But come to find out, it was all inner monologue. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, what he's having, that Steve Jobs, and then they even showed fucking Cosby and fucking who else? Tom Brady. Lance, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. Yeah, like, they're not pulling any punches. And that's, no, they're not. That's the thing about this show that I was like, oh, it's just a taste it. It's totally derivative. But then when I started really paying attention to it, like, I firmly believe the whole Men in Black and, and, uh, and Christian Slater, Mr. Robot, I think that's all in his head. I don't think I don't think any of those people are actually real. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, dude. What about dude at the? Okay, so dude at the uh, at E Corp when he's at, no not at his job. The men from E Corp that um, visited that uh, the building. Mm-hmm. He that one guy. He was away from the pack. Right. He like left the pack. They had so, a private conversation. Right. Right. They had that private conversation. Mm-hmm. No one's ever around when they talk. Yeah. And so now in the scene at the end where he literally said like. Are you seeing this too? Like mm-hmm. I, he's now they're fucking with you. Like, okay, is this real right. or is it not real? Maybe it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Who knows? They use Neil Diamond in the soundtrack, which you throw the Jewish Elvis into any soundtrack, you have me at hello. You so, know, dude, even just the regular score for this was absolutely phenomenal. It had like an eighties kind of feel to it. Yep. I loved it. Yeah, I, it, 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 rain, it just, it pulled itself up into a Tupperware, and I never thought I would see the day that I would Tupperware a USA original program, but I'm eating some crow on this one, boys. Tupperware, Mr. Robot. Uh, you know, USA's been getting better. I love their, the comedy Sirens. I liked Bench. I, I Tupperware both of those comedies, but like for like a, like a week to week drama, um, as far as a pilot goes, this is like a huge success. Um, uh, I thought like, the, the pacing on this first episode was great. It never got the story never got confusing 
because the pacing was so good. Um, I felt like you actually connected with a, with the, it was weird how you could connect with the character of Elliot. Um, cause he has, cause he has social anxiety Severe disorder. Severe social oh, yeah. anxiety. To the point where he's like crying in the corner sometimes, um, because he's so lonely. But on the flip side, you know, he, he has a hard time being in social gatherings. So it's a constant struggle. And I mean, he's taking like the minimum amount of morphine so that he's not an addict. I mean, it's insane. So, um, so is, is he into the doctor? Oh, in, no, I, I kept getting the feeling he was into Darlene. Okay. The, the, the blonde the girl. The best friend. Right. I okay. have the feeling that he's into her. I mean, they leaned in towards each other there. She, she definitely was into him. Like, she was, she was noticeably put off when she saw the naked the other, woman in his bed. Sure. She was not happy when she saw that. Well, she was, she was like friend supportive. Like, no, that's, that's good. His you know? inner monologue when he was talking with the Darlene's boyfriend, his inner monologue about what a kind of a douche that guy is was just great. Yeah. I love that. That was like what the, the other scene that I absolutely love, just his inner monologue. It's just um, – it, yeah, it, that's what draws you close to this guy is the inner monologue. Even though he's got this social – he doesn't really talk to a lot of people out in the out in out in society it's just you connect with him through his inner monologue that's how you get to know this character and i thought that was very cool um but as far as a pilot goes this is the best pilot i've seen all year yeah it's, in my it, opinion. it's, it's available all over the place guys like do yourself a favor when you get done watching kung fury mm-hmm. check out mr robot definitely check out mr robot i I could not believe that – like USA has been like very secretive about this show um, in the weeks leading to the premiere. Uh, they would just give you snippets and it would just say like who is Mr. Robot on I the screen. It, I thought it didn't officially premiere until like June 23rd. That June 24th. OK. Uh, yeah. June, it will officially premiere. The series will premiere June 24th at 10 Eastern, 9 Central on USA. But the thing is I'm, what I'm talking about is like the marketing for this in the weeks – uh, leading into this uh, soft release, they were just showing like ads that were saying "Who is Mr. Robot?" and there was like a website you could go to, it, like whoismrrobot.com, and it had like it was kind of like a viral site, and you know it was, it was a lot of mystery behind this. I had no idea what this was about going into it, but I knew that I wanted to watch it because of like all the mystery behind it, and I am glad that I fucking did. Um, but the pilot it premiered on. A, a, bunch of different uh, online video on demand services you can actually go to usa.com and watch it streaming from their website if you want to i do not miss this more people need to watch this i want this to stay on the hopefully air. we get some sort of a mentor character for our uh, our main character that is a real man you know like if mr robot's all in his head mm-hmm. hopefully hacker man will mm-hmm. show up and uh protect our main character oh hacker man from Kung fury <laughs> no like the one part that I did not like about this was was Christian Slater. Not because I don't like Christian Slater. I love Christian Slater. I was a big fan of him, like, recently, even in the comedy Breaking In that Fox had. I loved both seasons of that. Um, but when you saw him in this as Mr. Robot, it kind of took me out of it. Because I was like, I was just thinking, oh, that's Christian Slater. That's think, Christian Slater. I think he's a delusion. I don't think he's actually there. No, I'm just – I'm talking about my experience watching this. Gotcha. My experience watching this 
was <laughs> that's what took me out of the episode for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is just like I th- almost thought like his character would have been better served just by being like a no name because everybody else in this is kind of like a no name except like the CEO guy. He's like a character actor. I've seen him in other things before, but like Christian Slater was like the big name on this. He's well, kind of he's not a huge character in this, but <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was just like. Oh, that's Christian Slater. And I couldn't get that out of my head. I really liked the performance of the guy who they're positioning to be the big bad. The, uh, the junior vice president who's always like, bonsoir. You know, he, you know who I'm talking about? He was at the, he welcomed him into the room at the very end scene. Yeah, we were talking about him earlier. Yeah, I, he was I, the one that, that, that was with the large group from, uh, E Corp that, that, that started talking to him one on one. He's kind of like the, uh, the he felt like he was like uh, an evil version of yeah. Elliot, the yeah. main character. I think I think he's going to be really good. I every scene he was in, I was like, wow, that guy's really likable and slimy all at the same time. We need to continue to watch this show to see if any of these other characters do interact. It was weird. Like he went back to that uh, that building with the video, the the arcade games, and like it looked like there was nothing had been going on in that room at all. Right. Like, maybe, yeah, it's all in his head. Uh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl out front, she's probably another one of his visions as well. Yeah, I don't so. I don't, I don't. think the hacker group is real. I don't think the men in black following him in the subway are real, and I don't uh-huh. think the hacker group is real. I think so, it's all in his head. So after this first episode, you're definitely going to continue to watch. Oh, shit, you're, yeah. You're hooked. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm must-see TV for yeah. a USA television show. You were this listing like, off those ones you liked, and yeah. I was like, toss it, toss it. You know, and you, man, like you turned me around on these guys. This, yeah. This Mr. Robot is awesome. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um if you're a Dexter fan, you really need to watch it because I was a Dexter fan and like they really petered out at the end and lost their edge and this man scratches that itch perfect. So, okay, do you think that um, – are you happy that this isn't like on their uh, parent company, NBC? Or do you think that – Oh, yeah. The, you couldn't – like there was nudity in this. There was uh, massive amounts of drug use by the main characters. Yeah. You couldn't put this on NBC. Well, I mean, it depends on what time they put it on. You'd have put it on pretty late. It'd have to be yeah. up there with Hannibal. Be, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they probably wouldn't be able to do, you know, they'd have to cut out a few of those things. But, I mean, this is, like, on the level of, like, I'm saying, like, this is on the level of, like, a Netflix-type series. Without a doubt. Um, I mean, even, like, it's it's bordering, like, HBO quality. and Yeah, when the main character's going on about how much morphine he does to make sure he doesn't get addicted, like, that's, yeah. you don't hear that from protagonists on most television shows i I, i'm 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 almost just gonna tell the army like if you're not hooked within the first like it took me 17 minutes and i was hooked if you're not hooked within the first 17 minutes of the show then turn it off because you're not gonna like it the scene with the coffee shop owner like i don't know how you get past that i know like okay i I gotta watch this i know i know it was so good mr robot mr robot mr robot let's keep this show on the air let's watch this leftover army it's a tupperware all right moving on i want to talk about uh a new kickstarter um dave the six gun comic series a pop culture interpretation of the supernatural western by writer colin bunn and artist brian hurt follows the journey of six ancient and mystical weapons with the power to remake all of creation. Now, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, creators of Deadlands, bring the world of the six gun to your Savage World's tabletop role-playing game. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah. I'm, I was a 
big uh, player of Deadlands and RPGs in general. The Weird West was one of my favorite locations. So, uh, yeah, if you want to sit here and talk RPGs, I'm, I'm down, man. I haven't played RPGs in a long time. It's been a long time since I've played any, even video games or tabletop. But because uh, I don't have anybody really to play with, <laughs> that that's one reason. But our listeners, I know some of our listeners do. Kevin Sparenberg is a big Dungeons and Dragons player. Aaron Claude Miller, good man. Um, Austin Shadowin. So, I mean, this is a this is a really good Kickstarter. I think they've exceeded their goal already. Yeah, I supported it. Um, I wanted that source book which, immediately. Which uh, which uh, which one did you? Uh, Put your money down. I, I got the one that was. Uh, it was. I, I don't have a ton of extra cash, but yeah. I, I got the, the the core book with the digital copy. Okay. Because uh, I'm 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 like I'm an un, unapologetic Colin, Colin Bunn fan, and anything that puts a uh, fifteen cents in that guy's pocket, I'm going to buy. Yeah. So uh, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I've I haven't been I haven't had the time since I became a father to actively uh, run an RPG, and this one's going to bring me out of retirement. Yeah, if you get a if you get a group together, I'd be happy to play if it's on a weekend. Absolutely, if I can man. make it, we'll, and then we'll get done. We'll get done uh, recording the new episode. We'll roll up some characters. Yeah, we could do that. Hell, we could record that, and we could have like a fucking six gun RPG uh, podcast, and we could have Colin come on and play a character. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, but yeah, check it out. Go to Kickstarter. Um, do a, a search for the six gun. There's a uh, six gun role playing game out. Um, it's yeah, I, I think it's going to be amazing. Some of the uh, some of the uh, some of them you can get like the actual figures, the miniatures. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm, I've already got enough little plastic figures sitting around my house. I just uh, I've got a looming legal battle where I have to maintain my priorities and my um, merciless comic book addiction. So I, I just went with the core book, and we'll go from there. So they have the, it's the six gun. You can get the six gun, the winding way adventure, and the game master screen. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're get, they're they're getting ready to wrap up that series. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll yeah. definitely be something that'll that'll keep me uh, keep me uh, the blood pumping for the six gun universe. I think I'm going to get the first trade of that. I need I need a good book to read. Well, my my number one favorite RPG of all time is without a doubt Mage: The Ascension, uh, which was done by White Wolf Studios. But number two. All time is Deadlands, so nice. it's it's by a great company. Awesome. All right, uh, we're going to move into unless you had any more good pop, bad pop, we're going to move right into news. Let's do it. We're just moving right along. Oh, don't worry, the comic book corner will be uh, extensive this week. Uh, oh yeah, you know, no, let's do that now. Oh really? Yeah. Before we jump into news, I totally forgot that. Yeah, it's its own segment now. <laughs> so it's, I'm all I'm all prepared and ready, man. It's time for Domesticated Dave's comic book corner. All right, everybody, have I got a big old stack of number ones to tell you all about this week. Marvel's domination of this Secret Wars thing keeps on going with Old Man Logan, number one. Came out from Brian Bendis and uh, drawn by Sorrentino. Man, is this is a grand slam. I loved every page of this. The coloring is a, a very monochromatic, and you don't mm. see this kind of stuff uh, from Marvel Comics very often. Take a take a take a few uh, thumb through those pages, man. This uh, reminds me of the art from a little bit of the art from um, 
not the main Bendis X-Men book, but what was the what was the other Bendis X-Men book that came out? All new X-Men or no. Uncanny X-Men? Uncanny. Or, yeah, yeah, it's it, when Uncanny came out. But it, but uh whereas there was a more stylized approach to that, this is very realistic and very but very dramatic in its color choices. The coloring is uh, very standout, very unusual layouts and panel grids that make it very cinematic. Holy shit, this is pretty fucking violent. Oh, yeah, no kidding, man. Like, uh, for those of you who missed the Old Man Logan event uh, a few years ago, it was brilliant. I think it was written by uh, Mr. Garth Ennis, I believe. Uh, it was it was tremendous, uh, the story of, like, post-apocalyptic when the... Uh, the all of the heroes had died, and all the the United States had been divvied up into uh, different regions by all of the powerful bad guys that were left. And it really mirrors a lot of what they're doing right now with Secret Wars. On Battleworld, there's barons in charge of each segment of Battleworld, and it's very heavily influenced, I think, by the old man Logan status quo. We get Danny, Luke Cage's daughter, is a uh, living living in the same household as... Because at the end of Old Man Logan, the original story, the, there was a baby Hulk that um, that Logan saved, and Danny, Luke Cage's daughter, is raising this baby Hulk with the support of Logan. And we it just picks up right where the story left off from Old Man Logan. We see a, a Emma Frost looking exactly the way she always looked and messing with Logan's mind. We see... The Punishers, a new gang that have been uh, dominating the area that Logan's in. It's just great. I cannot wait for the next issue. So far, two for two with uh, the Marvel Secret Wars. And we're going to keep it at three for three, everybody, because I picked up Modoc Assassin. Oh, I forgot one. about. I forgot about this. <laughs> I remember hearing about this. Okay, dude. Like I- I've heard people espouse their love. Of, Can I see that cover? Their love of Modoc, and I've never gotten it before. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Like this. This story it it it, it centers on Killville, which is basically the the area. Okay. There are two different regions of Battleworld that are that are next to each other. The House of M area mm-hmm. and the Future Imperfect area, which is run by Sentinels, and Killville is between them. So, like, there's Sentinels just on the border looking across this city of Killville at the House of M. And House of M sends one of their agents, Gambit, over in to uh, the, the Sentinel-dominated territory. Uh, th- this area is run by... My man, Baron Mordo, uh, Doctor Strange's main uh, bad guy. Clea is his, is his, uh, girlfriend in this. And I've never, uh, confession everybody, I've never liked Bullseye. Everybody talks about how much they love Bullseye and he just annoys the piss out of me every time I read him in comics. Maybe just cause I love Elektra and I still hate him for killing her. But, uh, Modoc wastes Bullseye in like the first few pages of the of this Modoc assassin number one. Baron Mordo basically tells uh, Modoc that oh you're gonna piss off the Assassins Guild by killing Bullseye, and <laughs> Modoc basically doesn't give a fuck. Hmm. He's like, yeah, they can send whoever they want. Uh, the the way he talks is great because whenever he says somebody's name, uh, Modoc means the. Uh, the designed only for killing, uh, machine only designed for killing or something like yeah. that. And every time he says someone's name, he'll say kill. 
after it. <laughs> and even when he's talking to like the baron of the of the whole region, um, he'll still say like it's like a Dalek man. He'll just be like and exterminate, yeah, you exterminate, know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he basically says that that um, you know uh, you need me. And you, you, you think that's kind of a ballsy thing for him to say to Baron Mordo, who is, you know, such a powerful antagonist that we've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, as <laughs> Modoc has this like souped up racer sort of like car that just tears through the middle of town. It's this like floating speedster that looks like something out of like an old like music video. Mm-hmm. And he happens to notice that Gambit is escaping from the the uh, the sentinel area that he's uh, was sent in by the House of M people and the sentinels are starting to infringe onto the territory of Killville and so Modoc just takes on all these sentinels and wastes them one by one by one. <laughs> like no problem, doesn't even break a sweat and Gambit's like, well, thank you very much. You know, you know that was great. And he's like, oh, did I mention you were trespassing? And then it explodes Gambit's head right behind him. Wow, dude, it was, they're just going all out. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a, if you're if you're into like Deadpool and yeah. that kind of stuff, check out Modok Assassin. Yeah. Modok Assassin. Yeah, it was it was great. That's awesome. Now. Uh, Fight Club 2, issue number one. Came uh, out. Yes, this is on my pull list. I'm getting this soon. Okay, written by Chuck Polinick and uh, drawn by Cameron Stewart. I won't go into the details because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh, but there are little things about this book that you will not see in any sort of comic book that you've ever seen. The The quality of the cover in and of itself <laughs> yeah, is just, it's high grade. Yeah. There's a little, uh, there's a little. How much is the, how much was it? Oh, it was just three ninety nine. Okay. I went for the variant cover mm-hmm. uh, just because it shows our main character as Tyler Durden with a pile of pills on top of him. Essentially, what's been going on is we're picking up several years later from the where we left off with Fight Club. Marla and Sebastian, as he's going by now, are married, and Marla is getting bored and replacing all of his medicine with sugar pills. Ah, so that's where we're gotcha. that's where we're picking okay. up. Um, gotcha. There's a little there's a little uh, questionnaire at the beginning. Are you space monkey material? And you get different you get different uh, answers A through B that you can choose and send off this quiz. Also, this goes out to Mr. Chuck Polinick. Tyler lives. He he says for those of you post that Tyler lives or rise or die. Uh, and we've we've done our part. Tyler lives. Uh, it's it's a it's a Tupperware all the way. I, oh wow! I cannot wait for more Fight Club too. I never thought I'd see a comic book written by Chuck Motherfucking Polinick. Now, do you okay? How many issues is this? I don't know yet. I, I, is it an ongoing? Yeah, or? I, I, as far as I know, okay. I, I didn't I, know. That's what I was asking, Mister Comic Book Corner guy. Hey man, I just I was just I was so excited to read it because I that's one of my favorite novels of all time. Right and. Uh, the fact that he's writing a comic book just shows that the industry's doing all right, boys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, my favorite thing that I read this week came out of nowhere. It was part of, surprise, Secret Wars, Where Monsters Dwell, number one. Now, I should have known, written by Garth Ennis... But this is a this is a this looks doesn't even look like it's a Marvel book, and it, it, it doesn't says, it doesn't read like a Marvel book either. Um, it is it is one of the, did I bust your mouse? 
No, I okay. was just making sure everything was still recording. Awesome. I'm so excited about this book. It's You're basic- knocking shit over. It's basically um, uh, the story of this, uh, like the first few pages, we get this haphazard pilot who has knocked up some poor chieftain's daughter. And she's talking about how if we don't get married, I'm going to be sent to Dung Island. And whatever area of battle world this is, um, it's, it's something out straight out of like the, like 20s and 30s. This guy's like a pulp action hero, but he's a complete low life. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to help him. He, he, nobody wants to, you know, he says, Oh, I'll, I'll owe you that. Nobody wants to trust him. And, uh, this girl comes along that he thinks just going to be a hustle and, and suddenly she saves him when they get caught in a storm and surrounded by, uh, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So obviously they've been blown off course somewhere. Uh, it could be anywhere in Battle World. The plane crashes and the, the lady is not the harmless dame, as he calls her, that, that she appears to be. Uh, but the art is very gritty and, uh, not like anything you would normally see in a, in a Marvel comic book. Uh, it ends with a great last page where he's standing against a tree as he thinks, talking to her, but you notice the tree has giant talons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, T-Rex. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this, uh, especially if you're excited about Jurassic World. I think we're going to get a lot of awesome dinosaur action. I think they might be in Weird World. I'm not sure where they're at, but I'm excited Savage to see Savage Land. More. Well, it's I don't I don't I don't know uh, what area of battle world they're on, but I, yeah. I can't wait for more. It was it was it was because it, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I was just buying a bunch of Secret Wars stuff, and it was the most pleasant surprise because I I expected Old Man Logan to be good. I expected the Modoc one to be good because right. I've heard so. No, many that just people, looks like a fun, really fun story. It absolutely yeah. is. Now. uh I like the horrible comic book addict that I am. I finished up Convergence. I even bought the variant cover. After you, oh Jesus! After last week, you said you were done. You weren't going to buy the last issue. Yeah, I, I bought the damn variant cover. For Anything it. you say you're going to do, like oh I'm going to quit smoking. Oh I'm not going to buy Convergence. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you people shit down. this week. You're fucking reading Convergence and smoking a cigarette. Where is my credibility? <laughs> Fuck down the toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I've let you down. But, uh, Next, you're going to Tupperware fucking Jaden Smith as Static Shock. <laughs> God no, that, that, never, ever, <laughs> ever. But um, we we get the final uh, completion of the the new inclusive Fifty Two, where we're bringing back all the continuity that was never supposed to come back. It's officially happened, uh, and they finished it up with. Uh, for those of you who know the character of Wave Rider, he's essentially like bad ripoff, like an 80s ripoff of Silver Surfer. He uh, he rides on a rainbow and is the guardian of time. He's like, imagine the Silver Surfer, but with the Nova character's hair, just like a firestormy kind of glistening thing that comes out the top of his head. Well, uh, Booster gets transformed by the vanishing point and becomes Wave Rider. Like, you take one of my favorite characters in DC and transform him into one of the goofiest characters in DC. Like DC, are you trying to like piss us off? Like they, they, in the booster gold, it sounds funny, Dave. Oh no, it is. Come on. That that, that sounds funny. Okay. I've, I've gotten so much crap over the years from people saying that I, I didn't like the Legion of superheroes. Mm -hmm. These are, these are beloved 
DC characters. And I think very indicative of how DC has become too gritty and not enough fun mm-hmm. that a Legion book can't stay on its own. You know, there's there that they, they, they in this book are trashing on the Legion characters. They're they are on panel talking about, oh, we forgot about big shoe size boy. Oh, don't you mean Colossal Boy? Like they're they're ripping on their own characters in this. <laughs> like uh, I, I I don't understand. Like I don't I don't hold any animosity toward the Legion. It just wasn't ever my thing. Right. But, but the guys who love Legion love Legion. Why would you do this whole event as a, lo- a love letter to old fanboys and then spend the whole second issue of Booster Gold specifically meta trashing on how dumb the Legion is? Very meta, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. DC, I don't know what you're doing. Marvel is just killing it like with this hmm. with event so far. Right. And, uh, my last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Providence, number one, by Alan Moore and uh, uh, drawn by Jason Burroughs. This is a, this is a follow-up. To the Neonomicon that came out a couple years ago. This is brought out by Avatar Comics. Now, if you're not familiar with Avatar Comics. They're in Champagne. Yeah, you're, you're probably a much better person than I am. Avatar Comics, um, biggest selling book is known as Crossed. They're very dark. That was, very, uh, was that a Kieran Gillen book? Uh, no. No, the, 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 you're, you're thinking of, uh, Cross X or something. Crossed is the one about the sex zombies. Oh so like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's really really depraved. Okay. But but this involves uh Avatar the, Press is out of Champaign, Illinois. Right. And yeah. it's it's one of those they're very 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 like stuff you can't read on the train or the bus into work. It's it's it gets, and actually there's actually a book that they came out with that I really liked. Well, and I can't and, remember what it's called though. And, and that's where I want to say that like don't write off Avatar Comics as all crossed, okay? They they do some really good stuff and you know, this is Alan Moore. Like, this is a new comic book from Alan Moore. Sure. And it's in the Cthulhu mythos dealing with the King in Yellow, which if you're a big True Detective fan, you know a little bit about. So I would check out uh, issue one of Providence if you're into the mythos, Lovecraft, Cthulhu stuff. Um, there's definitely some dark things coming in Providence. So, there's a miniseries? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Neonomicon was... What are you going to rate it? Uh, I would have to say a very high taste it. Okay. And that's what I got for uh, Domesticated Dave's Comic Book Corner this week. Thanks, everybody. All right. Yeah, here we go. Domesticated Dave's Comic Book Corner. He sounds like Macho Man, but he looks like Natalie Dormer. It's comic books and shit. All right. It's comic books and shit. Thanks a lot, Dave. You're welcome. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with news. Hey, we are back. It is time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. 
All right, and quick news this week. Should make you happy, you wrestling fanatic. Wrestler Seamus has been revealed that he's going to be rock steady in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 film. What are you, what are your thoughts? I don't have any thoughts about this. I've, I've seen this, uh, Seamus guy. He's like, uh, really pale. Yeah. Guy. He's, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a heel. He's a bad guy. So, yeah. uh, do we know if he's going to be in the makeup or if Bebop and Rocksteady are going to be just human beings? Probably be mocap. Mix of maybe mocap and, I don't know if it's going to be a combo or just 100% CGI. I'm not sure. Well, he's definitely an entertaining guy. He's always been one of the like higher mid-card guys and this could be a real crossover chance for him. If 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 looking at looking at the turtles, I mean, those are all 100% mocap. I'm guessing these guys are going to be that too. Well, I'm 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 actually this is the first thing like uh I was excited when I heard Krang was going to be showing up in the new one. Uh then um we had Stephen Amell going to be Casey, Casey Jones. Jones. Tyler Perry is Baxter Stockman, and now and now we're getting Sheamus, mm-hmm. uh, a great wrestler, as one of the bad guys. So I'm actually starting to get excited for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie again. Did you Did you hate the first one? It was a toss hit. Really? Yep. Didn't like it. Huh. I, I mean, I know most people were tossing it, you know, Michael Bay hate and all that shit. I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie for kids. Uh, I, I, the, the, there was, the, the Michelangelo character I found really, really grating. He was just as goofy as my, every other iteration of Michelangelo to me. He was the most grating version that I had encountered. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, next story comes to us from Deadline, and it's about Transformers, and you've probably heard this news already. Uh, here it is. Two months after Paramount and the Transformers brain trust of Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg, and Lorenzo Di Bonaventura picked Akiva Goldsman to incubate ideas for a multi-part sequel and spin-off films based on the billion-dollar franchise, they have finalized their writer's room, and it's a doozy. All right, so this is the news that we had heard. You know, the Transformers was going to be doing this expanded universe, kind of like Marvel, what they're doing now. What that means, we don't know yet. Um, I mean, uh, a possible, uh, you know, Bumblebee movie. Uh, could it be uh, Optimus Prime solo movie? A Beast Wars, Dinobots, uh, you know, Headmasters. I mean, we don't know. Uh, these are rumors, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, there are rumors, and we're going to talk about that. But it, it, let's look at some of the names of the writers that they are bringing on board for this. Uh, this, again, is from Deadline. Goldsman's four-team roster... Features some of the top names in sci-fi. I've learned Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, Iron Iron Man scribes Ant, uh, what is that name? Art Markham and Matt Holloway, Pacific Rim 2's Zach Penn, and Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Lost's Jeff Pinkner. I'm hearing the ink isn't even dry on the deals, but that is a major league lineup to join Goldsman, who is spearheading it all for the studio. Hasbro, Spielberg, and Bay, and Goldsman were college buddies at Wesleyan. More writers will be added. Um, now we've learned since then that Ant-Man's uh, Andrew Barr and Gabriel Ferrari have joined the writer's room for Paramount Pictures' expanded Transformers universe as well, uh, which they are saying also uh, – they are reportedly saying it includes plans for an origin film that's set in Cybertron. Um, and – OK. Let's – first, let's just talk about this 
group that, that they've brought on board. Uh, the big name that stands out, of course, is Robert Kirkman. I, the big name that stood out to me was Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it's like, why would you bring in the dude from Amazing Spider-Man 2? Good well, God. Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Lost, Jeff Pinkner. The the big name that I think most people would be like, wow, joining a Transformers movie would be Robert Kirkman. Um, wow. That's – Robert Kirkman on a Transformers movie, I mean – what do you think he brings? I mean, and, and people are just going to associate him with The Walking Dead, but I mean, he's 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 been doing Invincible, but um, just because. Do you think this is good? Do you think this is smart, or do you think this is just going to be more of the same? Yeah, um, I've really been turned off to Kirkman's formula over the last few years as I as I read more and more of his stuff and realized that he just has this kind of sadistic tendency to get you attached to characters and then brutally murder them in the worst way possible. So I hope for Bumblebee. Is he doing does he do that in Invincible? I don't yes. read Invincible. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the same arc over and over again. We he attaches you to a character, endears you to a character. Like remember in that episode of The Walking Dead this season where Noah had the big sit down with oh, the yeah. boss and was talking about how he wanted to go on and be a doctor and sure. all that. And I was like, the moment they had that scene, I was like, wow, Noah's going to die in a horribly brutal way. Right. It, 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 it's, it, I hope for Bumblebee's safety, if there's a Bumblebee movie that will be being developed, that Robert Kirkman is not involved. Because <laughs> I love me some Bumblebee. I don't want right. to see anything bad happen to him. No, I, I yeah, I mean, it, well, this isn't one of Kirkman's creations, though, Dave. It's he's 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 basically working for the studio, um, you know, and Hasbro. So killing off one of their main characters, like Bumblebee, there's a, one last toy that they can sell. Um, I don't see that happening. I I don't know. I I don't. I don't know what he's going to bring to this universe. I, I, I personally can't – I mean unless he's just killing off lesser-known characters. Well, his Skybound imprint has been consistently something I've been enjoying. Sure, but he's so, not writing all the books. Well, if, he, if he's being brought on as an advisor, mm -hmm. uh, I would say that's a good thing because uh, the, the stuff that he's been overseeing uh, at, with the Skybound imprint have been – I've enjoyed far more than I haven't. Right. So I hope that's a good sign. Yeah, because I, I mean, this is I. I mean, he can do whatever he wants with The Walking Dead. I mean, that's his creation. But like, he he can't just come into Transformers and be like, okay, yeah, Grimlock's dead, Bumblebee's dead, Optimus Prime's dead, and I'm bringing in Blur, uh, Rodimus Prime, and you know, uh, Cup. He he can't do that. This is their property, so he's going to have limits on what he can and can't do. Hopefully he's a big Scorponox fan and we get a Scorponox movie. <laughs> Scorponox. I love that character. <laughs> the the old headmaster. Yeah. Yeah. Scorponox. And what was the other one? His uh Oh, I can't remember the name of the big base that he used to battle with. But yeah, those were uh actual aliens on another planet. The those headmasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was the goofiest episode <laughs> ever. I ha I still have Scorponok at home, believe it or not. Oh, I gotta see that the next time I'm over. Yep. 
Uh, let's see here. But uh, let's see here. The Hasbro CEO, Brian Goldner, uh, he talked a little bit about it. He says, uh, many of you know Bumblebee, the yellow Camaro, formerly known as a yellow VW Volkswagen Bug, and he is beloved character by kids all over the world. We could see stories told around Bumblebee and other characters. We are in a process of building the brand uh, equity around the comic book business, our TV business, our digital gaming business, and adding that to our new movie business for Transformers. Last year, was uh, Transformers 4, it was quite a good success for us last year. We've begun to work with writers, and we are now developing the Transformers cinematic universe beyond the first four movies. Are you even excited for a Transformers universe? Uh, I would I would be more excited if there was other licenses involved. Like if we were going to see... G.I. Joe versus Transformers or Ghostbusters versus Transformers or Planet of the Apes versus Transformers. The stuff they're doing in the comics right now with other licensed properties, that would excite me far more. Yeah, but when it comes to movie studios, it's you, we could eventually see you know G.I. Joe versus Transformers because they're owned by the same studio and it's with Hasbro. Um, I think that's what they need to do. Um as far as like what they're doing here in expanded universe, I'm not excited. I, they, I don't think anything that they've really done between all the four movies has been really cohesive or even coherent. No, the the the, the, whole, the whole moment in the Mister Robot where he cites the guy's like on Facebook uh, of Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen as being proof that the guy was a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I thought spoke volumes about the quality of that that. Uh, stuff in modern pop culture. I, what I'm saying is like the whole um, the mythos and the lore that they've already established in the films. I don't really care to see them go back and visit that shit that they've made up. I mean, in the last movie, like there was the whole scene where like Optimus Prime pulled the sword out of that ship and and like he's a knight or something. And I'm like, is that the kind of shit they're talking about? Making a whole movie based upon that in Cybertron? Like about a fucking throwaway scene that didn't really even make sense in the movie that they didn't really explain all that well. Is that what they're going to go try to do is explain shit like that? Like this fucked up mythos that they've barely fleshed out in their films? Yeah, it sounds like that they're like, no, no, you don't understand. They're, this this all will make sense. We, we, we're we going to make it make sense. That's what it sounds like. Sounds a little desperate. And like if they're going to do a Bumblebee movie, you always want the human companion. And I mean they've already kind of fucked up with the whole Sam Witwicky thing. I mean – I don't know. I'm just – I'm not excited for this Transformers universe at all. I, I want them to just kind of like not make a movie for about five to maybe ten years and just reboot and get – I'd love to see these movies based in the 80s and look more like the characters that we grew up with. And that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, that's totally wishful thinking I think, I know. at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know. I know that is. And I, I mean these movies have made $4.3 billion, so they're not going to listen to some guy on a shitty podcast and, oh, yeah, he's got the right idea. No, they're going to keep this fucking money train going and they're going to keep putting out these huge blockbuster movies that have like just huge explosions and tons of action that look pretty but have like no substance. Well, and if if they're going back to Cybertron for one of them, that they might use that as an opportunity to redesign some of the characters in a more classic sense. But I don't think the '80s uh, culture and human connection is anything that they're at all interested in. Because no. like computer programs and and uh, computer designs don't change, actors do. So let's let's just 
don't forget about the actors. Yeah. We're, 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 we don't need them. All right. Next bit of news here comes from Variety. 20th Century Fox is rebooting its 2003 historical fantasy film, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, with John Davis on board to produce through his Davis Entertainment banner. Uh, Jason Rothwell has been hired to write The League of Extraordinary Gen- uh, Gentlemen. Uh, Ira Napoliello and Matt Riley are overseeing the remake based on Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's graphic novel of the same name, centering on Victorian-era literary characters such as Captain Nemo, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, teaming to fight a common enemy. All right, Dave. Um, what do you think? I mean, we had the movie with uh, Sean Connery. Um, what, well, first off, what were your thoughts about that film? Um, the the original uh, that that we're talking about with you're talking about with uh, like Taylor Kitsch as Tom Sawyer and and that uh, well, that might have been his debut. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the Sean Connery film. Yeah. Okay. Stuart Townsend played uh, Dorian Gray. I liked his uh, representation. I thought The Invisible Man was a train wreck. I thought Quartermain was okay, but the relationship with Tom Sawyer was really forced, and it was it was not a very good translation of the source material. So uh, I'd have to say it was a, it was a low taste it at mm-hmm. best. Yeah, it was a, kind of a, it was a taste it for me. It was just like one of those. It reminded me of like uh, like the studio didn't know what to do afterwards. Yep. Like it was like this they did like they knew that it wasn't like horrible really, but they knew that it, that it wasn't a grand slam. And I'm talking about how it did financially. And it was like one of those – it was kind of like almost reminded me of like Superman Returns, like where they made – where they made they made a pretty good profit with it. But is it enough to go forward and keep doing these movies? And yeah, eventually just kind of like the steam. There was no steam behind it and just kind of petered off. Um, do you think with – is this something that you're excited in – well, uh, okay. Anything that's connected to Alan Moore, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But uh, I think if they stick with the Victorian England England mm-hmm. one, uh, they're really missing out on opportunities because they have released further stories about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that were set in different time periods, yeah, with different literary characters sure. that were even better than the original. Yeah. And, and like that, I mean, that might be sacrilege to say, yeah. but like the '60s era one. Was my favorite. It was great. James it, Bond. Like, come on, yeah. how can you not do James Bond? Yeah, but the, the movie rights are completely different than what they can do yeah. in, liter- uh, in literature, Dave. Yeah, the bad guy. The bad guy in the '60s one. There would be no way you could do the bad guy in the yeah on t- on on cinema. Yeah, you're right. There's be no way to do it. There's a Harry Potter character in one of them, right? Right. Thomas is their little assistant. Yeah. Who t- ends up being little Voldemort? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be difficult. Yeah, you could, you couldn't put Tommy on screen and then realize who that is without J.K. Rollins being like, "I own this shit." Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I'm not looking forward to this. I guess I'll I'll freeze it. I guess, but as of right now, my anticipation is like really low, mm-hmm. like really low, and it's like. I don't know. I just think uh, this is nothing. Like I, I don't think it's been too long. If if they, it's could, only been over, a little over ten years. If they could like, hit it right with their, you know, when they when they added literary characters that weren't in the original source material, mm-hmm. if they could hit on more cylinders with those characters, 
because they kind of whiffed on some of them on the last one. This could get really interesting, mm-hmm. but without that, it's gonna be it's gonna feel really like rehashed. Like, oh, we're trying this again. Give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So, Dave, have you watched all the Expendables movies? Yep. Okay. All right. Most people that, that watch, you know, Expendables three, I think that they would agree that it was kind of a step back for the franchise. Uh, first off, it, it made the least amount of money, which that studios hate that. Secondly, it was PG thirteen. Yeah. That was a huge step. I was gonna back. say that was, the reason why was that rating. No, I mean, think about it this way though. I mean, most movies that that go into that PG thirteen, that's the reason that they're doing it. Is they're being greedy. They want more people to be able to have access to see the film. Look at the Fast and Furious seven movies. If they were rated R, they would make less. So. Logically, like they were thinking to themselves, okay, we've got this R-rated movie that they're, they're you know, they're performing really well. What if we made it PG thirteen? We we could still keep all the action. We could just cut out the f bombs and uh, take out a little bit of the blood, and then we could have the kids come in and see this. That'll be really no. It backfired. They were thinking that they wanted to make more money. It it did backfire on them though. Um, Lastly, uh, the, my, my biggest problem with Expendables 3 was that it didn't showcase the old action stars. It was basically like they're like, oh, okay, you're not going to get Dolph Lundgren in this one. You're going to get you know just spoonfuls of him. You're going to get one scene of like Jet Li. Terry Crews is barely going to be in it. You're, you're going to get your action stars at the beginning. We're going to take them away from you, show you the new action stars. Like the whole thing. It was force-fed. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about the Expendables is like here's your old action stars still kicking ass. And like here's Stallone giving us new action stars that I could give a fucking rat's ass about. I didn't care about any of these new people that they were bringing in, these younger Expendables. And that's where the movie failed. And I like the whole movie I'm like – Come on, can I get Dolph Lundgren? Can I get, you know, shit, give me somebody. Well, I felt like it insulted you as an audience member because you were here to see these guys and, and they were like, no, no, you don't want to see these guys. They're old. Right. Now you need to see these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't want this rated R movie when we want more kids to watch it. So we're going to bring in younger people. Well, the the Fast and the Furious comparison was very accurate because it was very sort of like, no, we're not action movies. We're fast and we're furious, sir. Come right. check us out. So now um, we're hearing that the next movie, they've learned their lesson. The next movie is going to, in fact, it will be rated R. Uh, and then we got this bit of news. While Hulk Hogan was speaking at the Body Power Expo in Birmingham, England, he said, we're trying to figure out a way to maybe turn me into the most evil man in the world. You know, Stallone gave me my first break and he's been a great friend. We had a great conversation talking about the possibilities. Can I still run? Can I still jump? Well, not as fast or not as high, but I think Hollywood could find a good stuntman to help me out. 
Dave, talk to me. Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> I got some Hulkamania running wild through these veins. You're excited about this? Oh, man, I love me some Hulk Hogan. Come on, well, man. Sure, in, in wrestling, but in an Expendables movie oh. as the main villain? <laughs> no, he's you know, that's that's him talking shit, man. He's going to be a henchman in a, in a heartbeat. He's not going to be the main villain. He's saying uh, that well. he's talking to Stallone about being the main villain. Well... Yeah, the main villain – hold on. The let's main, hear it from Stallone. <laughs> I guess. Main villain in uh, the second one was Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean he is a better actor than Hogan. Right. Most people are. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Hogan as the main no, villain. No, no, no. I'm, I'm excited to see him as a bad guy. I'd love but, to see him as a bad guy. But uh, no, I don't. And, and that's – if Hulk Hogan – that's that's – Politicking. That's campaigning to yeah. be the bad guy. <laughs> I, think it's, I think they're still taking a step back if they have Hogan as their main villain no, in this one. No. Sylvester Stallone is a very smart individual. And you'll remember that his experience with Hulk Hogan in his previous film was small. You know, like he was not a main bad guy. No, oh, yeah. Thunderlips. Yeah, he was a bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't don't listen to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's, you know, he's talking shit. And he's trying to promote himself, but I don't I don't think he'll be the main bad guy. If I hear that from Stallone, then I'll then, then I'll got something to worry. Well, I mean, Stallone already had uh, Mel Gibson as the main bad guy in the last one. Uh huh. So, I mean, when most when most people in Hollywood don't touch him, so you never know. <laughs> Stallone has one hundred percent control over these films. Yeah. Yeah, these then, are his movies. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna make. I, I, I love that Hulk Hogan could be in Expendables Four. I would hate Hulk Hogan to be the main bad guy in Expendables Four, but I think that's mm-hmm. just Hulk Hogan talking shit and trying to sound important. I hope so. I hope you're right because I do not want to see him be the main villain no. in that movie. Come on, I want this. I want the franchise to return to like the fun of the first two movies. He needs to be the main bad guy so he can. Spend all that money on alimony and whatever that he's that he's got hanging over his head, but yeah. he's going to be in it. No, you know he'll whatever he is, side bad guy, if Hogan, tertiary bad guy. If Hogan is the main bad guy in Expendables Four, it's the last Expendables movie that'll hit the theater. Agreed. In my opinion, agreed. It's the death of the franchise, and I love Hulk Hogan. I was a Hulkamaniac growing up, but I mean, this is not what the franchise needs. The franchise needs to do something new. I mean, we like the first two were great because they were like nods and winks to the fans, and like they gave us all those like cheesy fucking like you know moments that we you know Schwarzenegger saying stuff like wasn't he saying stuff like I'll be back or uh-huh. whatever? I mean, just shit like that. Yeah, and it was great, and I loved it, and it's just like that third one just took a nosedive, and like this news does not make me any happier that they're doing an Expendables. Man, form. there's tons of classic superstar wrestlers who are acting right now and you could totally go with that as a theme in the movie i mean you can't get bring back the greatest you know macho man but Mm -hmm. you could you could definitely have like a roddy piper show up in it that would be really entertaining you could go with this theme and you then have an actual heavyweight as your as your main bad guy who who would you love to see as a main bad guy come on like Let's 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 pick our brains here. This, it's this. easy. The guy who keeps telling Stallone no, 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 no. Steven Seagal. I mean, I, he's the guy that like he would not do Expendables two because Van Damme was in there. 
I mean, he was basically saying like I, I quoted it on the podcast in the past. His quotes. He's basically he's basically said there's some people that are involved in the Expendables movies that are assholes, and I don't want to work with them. That's what I think this needs because he's kind of been like the the vocal villain off to the side when it comes to this entire franchise. Hmm. If they could actually get him in the film. That would get me – I'd be like, holy shit, Steven Seagal's in this movie. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can fucking happen. Hell just froze over. So, I mean, I would. that's what I would like to see. Nice. He needs to get back in shape though, number yeah, I one. Yeah, I say he's too busy hanging out with Vladimir Putin and not, not making yeah. good movies. Yeah. You know, like – because Van Damme was in like phenomenal fucking shape, dude, when he Absolutely. showed up on set. So um, – I still haven't seen that Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa movie that came out. Nor have I. Yeah. Something like, what is it called? Skin Trade or uh, something? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's out, though. It's it's Tony Jaa, man. We'll, yeah. We'll give it a shot. We'll I'll find it. it. <laughs> All right. An actor that's been in the Expendables movies is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I saw Escape Plan. I thought it was not good. Um, it fell apart at the end horribly. And that was Stallone and Schwarzenegger teaming up. Have you seen that one? The yeah. Escape Plan. What about what about Jesse Ventura? Are we talking about the other thing as the villain? Are, yeah. are we back on that? I'm t- I'm moving on. Oh, okay. No, Jesse Ventura as a villain in the movie? No. 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 I don't know. Some predator love? No. no I mean, like a side character. I don't think like he should he should be a main guy. But yeah, what you see my theme going here? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So okay. Escape Plan. Yeah, I was talking about Escape Plan. Uh, I, I'm talking about the movies that Schwarzenegger's been since he's uh, not been governor anymore. Uh-huh. I haven't seen like the that Johnny Knoxville movie that he was in. Him and Johnny Knoxville oh, teamed you, up you, in that you, movie. It was horrible. I haven't seen Maggie. I'm going to watch Maggie though. It's a zombie movie. Right. Um, Looks really creepy. So I'm, I'm still waiting to see a good Arnold movie. You know, post governor Terminator Genesis. Um, I'm going to be watching Terminator Genesis. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a good movie. Arnold will be good. Uh, but I'm also excited. I'm also very hopeful for the third Conan movie. It's titled The Legend of Conan. And uh, the last Conan movie, like from 30 years ago, uh, we see a we see a bored Conan, the barbarian, sitting on the throne. And uh, the movie promises that the story will continue. And uh, as a child watching that, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next movie. Here I am 30 years later, still <laughs> waiting for that fucking movie. Sure. Uh, and this Legend of Conan movie, they are promising that this is that movie. This is old man. This is fucking old King Conan. King Conan. Yeah. It's being written by Fast and Furious scribe Chris Morgan. Uh, who is saying that this film will continue the tone of the previous movies? People are probably like, eh, Fast and Furious. Oh, he can like I fucking hate that shit, dude. When it's like you name somebody, and like the one thing, that, like the one thing that they're noted for is like a Fast and Furious film or something, and like they're they're doing a Conan movie. People are gonna like out of the gate, they're gonna be thinking, oh, this guy can only write about car movies. It's like that's all that's all he can think about. Like Conan's gonna be in a fucking car. Now, apparently. Conan's family. Family, that's what it's about. Family. Yeah, yeah Conan, Conan's driving a station wagon. <laughs> Conan's rocking the grocery getter. No, man. I mean, yeah, he fucking wrote Fast and Furious movies. But he, I'm sure he can handle fucking, you know, Vikings and barbarians and shit. So, but, but you're looking at me like something. No, I'm um, just I'm I'm I hope this this I hope that Terminator Genesis is really really great uh-huh. and this that suddenly puts this on the fast track because mm. 
Man, you you talk about warm fuzzies when you're talking about old movies. No, this is getting made. Right, but this I, is getting made. But it, how many times have we been told it's getting made? You no, know? they they've put money into this, Dave. But I, I, the, studio, I, I, the studio's putting money into it. I want it it's, now. <laughs> I, know, I know you. I know you want it now. I mean, I mean, but no, I mean, the, the studio's dropped money into this. It's getting made. It's happening. Um, now, this uh, Fast and Furious scribe Chris Morgan. Uh, he's promised that three characters from the 1982 John Millis film, uh, those films will return to this movie. He, he won't specify which three are coming back, but he has promised that those characters are coming back. And here's what he had to say to ArnoldFans.com. A lighthearted Conan? Crom. No. Our tone is a logical extension of the character established in the 1982 film. But 30 years later, when we meet him again, Conan has been many things over the course of his life, a thief, a warrior, a pirate, a king, a legend, and is now an older man. Think unforgiven with a sword-wielding barbarian. Wow. That's a hell of an elevator pitch right there. Exactly. Um, he also talks about his respect for the John Millis films and how he wants to make his movie a continuation of what Millis had done. Millis was a visionary and a hero of mine. He established a Milo, a Milo. I can't say what's that word. M I L Milo. What is that word? M I L I E U Milo. Is that how it's pronounced? This guy. This guy's like French. This guy is a fucking scribe, right? Yeah. Shit. We can't even read the article. I can't it's so even, good. Yeah, this guy's throwing out words I've never even heard of. <laughs> he established a Malo, whatever the fuck that is, that is stunning and violent and clear. Incomparable. Well, they, we, our iTunes reviews do mention our vocabulary. So I never heard that word in the fucking Fast and Furious movies. Did you, Dave? No, I did not. <laughs> Hit the nitrous on the Malo. I never heard Vin Diesel saying Malo. You're my brother. You're my Malo. I am Malo Groot. <laughs> I am Malo. What the fuck? I don't even know if I said it right, dude. M I L I E U. Milieu. It's like got almost every fucking vowel in it. Yeah, sounds like Milieu. If that was like on the fucking board of like, uh, you know, what's that? What's that game show? Where you? God damn it! I'm blanking. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune? Wheel of Fortune. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Just buy vowels. <laughs> you wouldn't make any Fuck money it. on this word it, at it, all. Yeah, I know. It cost <laughs> you like $3,000 to solve that puzzle. Yeah, I'm guessing milieu. Milieu? Look at that, Siri. Where's Siri at? <laughs> Siri's like, Siri, what the fuck is milieu? <laughs> Holy shit, Siri's gone off. She's gone. Let's check the internet. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he established him low. <laughs> that is stunning. What the fuck? I gotta Google this fucking word now, Dave. I like milieu. 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 All right. Like a flush. Okay. M I L I E U. <laughs> now this is fucking with me, man. <laughs> Why aren't we paused? <laughs> <laughs> milieu. It's pronounced milieu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> milieu. Milieu in the oh, house. Also, <laughs> it's synonyms: environment, sphere, background, backdrop, setting, context, atmosphere. 
One point Holy for, shit. One point for Domesticated Dave. I pronounced something right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Had to so get something right. He established, he established an environment. Hey, there's your word for the day. Huh. Everybody in the leftover army, you can now use this word. Hmm. Yeah. We create a milieu, milieu. Of, of perversity and vulgarity. Exactly. <laughs> with, with pop culture leftovers. <laughs> hey, uh... First person to use milieu in a fucking iTunes review. Yeah. I'll send you a pop culture leftovers koozie. Give me your address. Send me an email, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Oh, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and then send me your fucking uh, what your what the a, review. We need an iTunes review yeah. with milieu. Milieu. And it's M I L I E U. Make that shit happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, hey, fuck, the whole review could be uh, milieu. That's that, it. Their, their milieu provides me an ennui of pop culture entertainment. Exactly. You can give us one star. <laughs> no, don't do that. Take a, Your review could say, like, I take a shit in their milieu. <laughs> <laughs> I fought in your general direction. <laughs> Oh, man, I love Monty Python. Dude, did you ever see uh, – we're not even talking about this shit now. Did you ever go see Spamalot? Oh, yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah, I loved it. Must see. Oh, I fucking loved it. Oh, I fucking loved oh, it. Oh, dude, anytime the pythons or the kids in the hall come anywhere in my tri-state geographical area, yeah. it's a road trip. God, I'm I'm upset. I've never seen kids in the hall live. So Wow, dude, they're mm. on tour right now. Well, I should go see them. Jesus. Yeah. But Buddy Cole live is is a is a whole different experience. Yeah. Scott Thompson, my favorite one of the kids, does this signature character who creates and weaves the greatest monologues I have ever seen on television. Uh, that I, I'm a I'm a theater geek and love a good monologue. Okay, Dave. Okay, yeah. Scott Thompson. Okay, he's the gay one. So now now you've brought it back around. Oh, I've, I've, I've extended the olive branch. There you go. Okay. There you go. There Don't you worry, go. LBGT community. Not, I do love you. Right. You're not a gay-hating homophobe. No. No. <laughs> God, no. I know you're not. <laughs> just fucking with you. Jeez. <laughs> just because just their plumbing isn't right for me doesn't mean that I don't love them. That's true. <laughs> no, I, Bruce McCullough, I love him. Oh, God, I love Bruce McCullough. Fucking. Yeah, he seems to me like the craziest one. Yeah, yeah. I used to have his fucking uh, comedy album, Shame Based Man. Oh, these are the Daves I know, I know. Mm-hmm. The, yep. Yeah, Baby Jesus. <laughs> I'm like really into the Baby Jesus. Been into him for a couple of hours now. <laughs> I did all my acid grade eight. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, that was some shit. great. I got to go find that on iTunes, dude. Good shit, man. I haven't heard that since I was young. I, I know. That was probably your album that probably. I was hearing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I was talking about uh, shit. Milieu. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. You know why? Oh, no. The, John Millis, he did the films. This is Milieu. I just thought it was coincidence that they look alike. Anyway. All right. <laughs> we, we, if you haven't learned anything in this past few hours, <laughs> what milieu you means. now know what milieu means. <laughs> it's an environment or an atmosphere or a sphere. A sphere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Whatever. Like a biodome, if you're a Polly Shore fan. Basically, I'm not going to read the rest of this. Basically, he's saying that, like, he wants to, uh, do a continuation of the John Millis films. So, and he wants to set, he wants the, the same general tone of those films. So. Then we were talking about Conan, in case any of you forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> just, the legend of Conan. The kids in the hall will be in the Conan. No, no, no. That's no, not. <laughs> no. 
Mark McKinney is not going to be in the movies. <laughs> Conan fights the horrible head crusher. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to see like like Conan cut off the head of Kevin McDonald and the head still talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> he fights uh, Hecubus. <laughs> My man, servant Hecubus. <laughs> no, from the evil show, Hecubus. Yes. No. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the final battle in the Legend of Conan. Conan's holding his sword, and Mark McKinney's like, "I'm crushing your head." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and Conan's like, "I'm pinching your skull." <laughs> okay, we're there pinch we're, your face. <laughs> I pinch your face. Okay. All right. Let's. Whatever. Legend of Conan. Milieu. Whatever. I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I, want, I wonder who the who the main characters like the three characters. Do do we get more serpent society? More of the the call call. What was his name? Oh, are you talking uh, about um uh, the uh, the villain from the first one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that because uh, that could totally like bring out the old young, you know old Conan's young yeah. juices is the resurgence of the people who killed his clan and his family. Yeah, that was um. Why can't I think of his name? The voice of Darth Vader. Yeah, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. He was the villain in that one. Yeah, Call yeah. or Call. No, I'm thinking of Call the Conquerors. Um, I gotta, I gotta watch Conan the Barbarian. Apparently, I, I'm getting fuzzy on this. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't Conan in the Red Sonja film. No, but he was practically Conan. Yeah, but everybody, everybody was saying it was Conan. Right. It was. It was yeah. an obvious homage. Yeah. Let's move on to DC news. Uh, DC news. We have a. Unless, did you have a news story? Oh yes, I do. What's your, what's your news story? Uh, Image Comics, wonderful. Uh, one of my favorite series, Wicked in the Divine, mm. got picked up by Universal TV. Yeah, that's right. Universal, who does like NBC and Sci Fi Channel, picked up the TV rights to the Wicked in the Divine. Doesn't Akira mean it, 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 they've just optioned it. Yeah, so I know. Doesn't mean that it's going to get made. Oh, man. Lucifer died for our sins, people. I cannot wait to see anything, casting, whatever. This has been one of my most consistently favorite books. I, I could Rat never Queens get, is I, number one. Mm. Rat Queens over the last few years, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, close number two, Wicked in the Divine. It's all about the music and the cult of personality with demigods and, and gods being changed into those roles. Like one character is unapologetically Prince. Like one of the, one of, one of the other characters who's a DJ is, uh, he, he's, he's Dionysus. It's, it's all modern versions of the ancient gods. Watch it be on MTV or some shit. Well, it's not reality TV, so it won't be on MTV. No, they do Teen Wolf and all that other stuff, oh, Dave. God help us all. They're doing the Scream TV show. <laughs> Miley Cyrus has Lucifer. <laughs> no, you know, like, no, I don't think NBC doesn't own fucking MTV. Oh, thank God. Or Universal doesn't. You know, um, I could never get into this fucking comic series. Really? I, I read like the first four or five issues and I was just like, everybody's loving this thing. What's wrong with me? I'll keep reading it. And I kept reading it. And I'm like, I'm just not getting into it. I dropped it. See, every issue, man. I just love it. I just it's couldn't got, get into it. Got a real sort of like poppy pastel kind of, kind of a, a color scheme mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the music, the music stories that, that are, you know, uh, disguised as, as God stories. The, the character Baphomet, I think, is amazing. I love it. I I just couldn't get into the whole milieu of that <laughs> universe. 
Well, I found their sphere to be very, very entertaining every uh, month. All right, let's. <laughs> so yeah, the wicked, the divine, the wicked. Is it the wicked and the divine? The wicked and the divine. Yeah. Hopefully, coming to NBC. Are you serious? You want it to come to NBC? Yeah, why not? Let's go crazy. Oh, man. Although after Constantine, maybe not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. I also was very excited about Constantine, too. So uh. we'll see. Sci-Fi Channel, sticking on there with Defiance, man, I'd sign me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it would go yeah. really good with Dominion, though. That would, would be a nice companion to it. That would be a good, yeah, that'd be a good uh, two-hour block of TV. Yeah. DC, we got a DC email. It comes from Rob Lopez. He says, hey, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank, dot, 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 and or Dave. Hey. After the backlash of Age of Ultron being too snarky and lighthearted, do you believe that the DC Cinematic Universe has a chance to overtake Marvel in public opinion again? I personally enjoy the MCU a lot, but always want a more dark take on characters. I enjoy... And Winter Soldier produced the closest thing to that. But Man of Steel, to me, was exactly the mood I look for. Do you guys think that if DC goes darker, they will thrive more than Marvel? Thanks for the podcast and keep up the awesome work. Love this show. Sincerely, Rob from New Jersey. All right. Um, I don't think that it has to be so fucking like cut and dry. Like one, Like one's fucking dark, one's fucking, you know, you know, like, uh, more lighthearted and like more comic booky and, you know, light versus dark. I don't think it has to be like that. I, I think, I think different movies should set different tones. I, I feel like, you know, in a Batman movie, yeah, it's gonna be dark. In Superman, there's gonna be, it's gonna be light in some areas and then it should be dark in other areas. Suicide Squad movie, it should be funny and dark. And then I feel in a Flash movie, it should be fun. A Flash movie should be fun. We should be, you know, we should be watching a superhero uh, learning about his powers and having a good time. Um, I don't know. I, I, But I do think that people are still, I mean, you call it backlash, Rob. You're saying there's backlash from Age of Ultron. I, you know, I... There may be people out there like like me that I tossed it and I thought it was you know like you said you know quote unquote snarky and lighthearted, um, but Age of Ultron did great in the theater. I don't think I don't think Feige sees any reason to change anything. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix. If it, if it, if it ain't broke, if how am I, what am I trying to say? Feige, I it's think not broken, don't fix Feige, it. I think we need to change up some things. I think we need to have all all key to guy. What do you think we should do, Mister Feige? Yeah. <laughs> Do you do you think you're going to go all dark like DC? Yeah. Okay. See, I I I, th- I think you're right, Mr. Feige. I think you need to keep going with what you're doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I, I I apologize. I, I'm sorry, sir. Please. Uh, can I keep my job? Yeah. Oh, damn it. I'm going to go work for DC where the movies are getting better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done in this town. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that I'm not done in this town? Yeah. Good. Okay. Thank you, sir. I- I'll see you tomorrow at the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But like, dude, I, I mean, okay. I don't, this is a really, this is a really hard thing to tackle. Um, I, I, he, he wants to know, like, do you think the DC cinematic universe has a chance to overtake Marvel in the public opinion again? Um, I, I don't think people in the modern public see it as that much different, to tell you the truth. I think it's, 
I think that Ant-Man, from everything I've seen, is going to really lower expectations for people. And then Captain America Civil War is going to just come back and just blow everybody away. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman versus Superman seems like it's going to be a bit of a clusterfuck just with everything that's getting thrown at us. But, man, everything I see from Suicide Squad looks really, really encouraging. So I don't think that the general public sees these uh, entities as being that vastly different. And I think it's going to become like we're getting into a. You don't think that people look at. I, I do. I think like. I think like. You, are you saying the general public I'm can't saying, see a difference between Man of Steel and, 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 and I, Avengers? I'm saying they don't. They, they probably are like, you know, why don't we have another movie where Hulk fights Superman? You know, like they don't. They don't see that as different worlds. I think. Mm. I think they just see it as of the new mythology. Like if if you're if you're a if you're an an alien race that happens to be cruising through the Milky Way and you pick up on all of our signals going out in every direction, think of all of the comic book themed cartoons, movies, talk, this show. Like mm-hmm. this is this is our this is bordering on our new mythology, people. Sure. And uh as it keeps coming, you're going to have some that that is well done, and you're going to have some that is not so well done. But it is becoming more and more a part of our daily conversation where we tell stories to each other with these characters as reference points and material. So, you know, it, remember when we were young and we were the weirdos for liking these guys, and now you walk through Walmart on Halloween and there's 25 different comic book characters to choose from. For, you know, costumes for little children. So mm-hmm. I think that you will, you will have certain properties that will do well and you will have certain properties that won't. And it won't depend on whether it is labeled Marvel or whether it is labeled DC. Or lighthearted or dark. Right. It'll just depend th- on the quality of the individual th- piece. Exactly. I think it comes down to the quality of the movie. Um, and it's it's a hard question to answer because I mean you say that like there's backlash of Age of Ultron yeah from 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 different people but then there's people that absolutely love the movie and the movie was like a huge financial success I mean if it's not bro- broken don't fix it I mean Kevin Feige I can't see him being like oh well there's a there's a corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where these certain fanboys they didn't like the lighthearted and <laughs> no. uh, snarkiness I better change things up a little bit no, no. <laughs> I mean yeah it's made a billion it's made billions of dollars I mean these movies so I don't see him changing anything drastically at this point um they're going to I think they're going to keep with this tone DC I, I I I don't know if they'll ever be able to like overtake things but I think there's room enough for both of these to be successful, you know what I mean. I think people are wanting to see a great Superman Batman movie, and the companies are just good at different things. Like if if you compare Marvel's animation stuff to DC's animation, like it's no contest. Like well, DC sure. just kills on that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So and and it's cyclical. You know, we could we could see a shift in the quality of the Marvel shared universe, and it go down, and the DC universe go up, but it'll it'll change. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't have a concrete answer for you, uh, but I personally, I'm with you, Rob. I want to see a little bit. I do want to see these movies get a little bit darker. I want them. To, I want there to be consequences for things that happen. 
Well, Civil War is definitely one of those stories that if they stick with the source material, we're going to get well, a little sure. Darker. I mean, if they stick with the source material. They don't have to, Dave. And they're, they, they can't stick to everything in the source material. But the, the dark tone is definitely far more than when Captain America seen- 1. Yeah, but when have we seen anything with a dark tone? Even Captain America: Civil War wasn't like that dark of a movie. You mean Winter Soldier? Or, yeah, Winter Soldier. What did I call it? Uh, Civil War. But I, oh, yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah, even Winter Soldier wasn't like dark, that dark of a movie. It was more serious in tone, but it wasn't dark. Well, and that's that's where I think we're getting the more serious tone from from Mar- from Marvel. But I I don't, I don't see dark. I yeah. don't. Uh, maybe with the Doctor Strange movie, if you introduce like death as an actual character to mm. sort of like warm people up to what Thanos is all about. Right. Yeah, you can get dark with when death is an embodiment of a character. Yeah, but Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of death. You know what I mean? Everything is just like through Marvel colored lenses. Yeah. I, that's what I'm worried about. Understandably. So. All right. Yeah, thanks for the uh, email, Rob. It's a t- That's a tough one to tackle. Um, I'm super excited about the DC movies coming up. So I, I hope I hope they're dark and gritty and rough. You know the the rumors, like like you said, like the clusterfuck of Batman v Superman. The rumors suggest it's a clusterfuck. The trailer, on the other hand, suggests that it's a very it's a very um, uh, slim uh, slimline movie. Like there, it's it's just it deals just with those two characters, and like it feels like Jesse Eisenberg is just in the background. That's what we get from that trailer. Well, you know, I've been on the Batfleck train from day one. You gave it a taste, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm excited. You gave it a taste. It. You're like your Tupperware that shit out of the <laughs> gate. You tasted it. Safe. It was, safe. It, was, it was a Tupperware compared to what you guys were doing. <laughs> what were we doing? You what were, were mad, we doing? Angry. <laughs> you. I remember you said, "Quote you. Uh, we're going to take your review of this casting, beat it up, and throw it in the locker." <laughs> It was it was horrible. It was a horrible casting when they first announced it. it. He wasn't even on the radar for anybody. Sure, nobody was thinking Ben Affleck. I'm I'm willing to give him a chance, though. I hope it's good. I'm willing to give him a chance. I'll admit it's totally hopeful, just because you know I, I I did not enjoy the last Nolan movie, so I hope so. I'm willing to give it a chance. All right. Um, next email comes from Jay, not Jay. Uh, from the leftover, but Jay, he says, Hey guys, I intend to email you guys regularly, so you can just call me Jay. I just had a couple things to mention. First off, you guys were talking about Star Wars, so I was wondering if you guys had ever seen a short film on YouTube called Jorkus, uh, J- Jorkus, <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> Jorkus. Enter the Jorkus. Uh, and George, Jorkus enters the Malu. <laughs> Um, called George Lucas in Love. If not, you should check it out for sure. It's so well made and very funny. I've never seen it. Oh, you, you should, man. It's 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 a parody of Shakespeare in Love. Okay. But, it, it, yeah, check it out, dude. Okay. It's really funny. Uh, also, regarding the Flash finale, I have heard from quite a few sources. The first episode of Season 2 will start at the exact moment where Season 1 ended. That, in combination with the revelation of Cisco being the vibe, leads me to believe that Barry slipped into an alternate timeline. This would give Cisco the chance to fuck up again by bringing back not only Barry, but Harrison Wells as well. Wondering what your thoughts are on this. I think I kind of 
I, 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 I think we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I think that Cisco will ultimately bring back Harrison Wells in one way or another. Yeah, but won't Harrison be a good guy in this version because Eobard never replaced him? I don't know. That's for the that's for the that's for the writers to figure out, Dave. That's why they paid the big bucks over there. <laughs> I say it's CW. It might be the medium bucks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they don't deserve the big bucks if they keep focusing on fucking Cisco. I know. Fucking. I hope he hooks up with Gold Glider and she just turns him into a statue. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I She's lo- been flirting with them. Yeah, I love that character. I'm like, come on, Gold Glider, hook up with that dude because you know that. That guy doesn't last for long. Between her being crazy and her brother being overprotective, that dude's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I think, yeah, if you listen to the last episode, I think that Cisco is going to uh, bring back Harrison Wells. And, you know, like, if that's the case, I mean, like, it feels like this show, like, nothing's permanent. They can change anything with, like, alternate timelines, and that's just the Flash, though. But it just feels like, you know, there's nothing permanent in this universe. Like, Cisco dies, now he's back. You know, fucking Eddie's dead. Could Eddie come back? Eobard Thawne's dead. Could he come back? You know? Oh, no. I think Cisco's just going to be continue his uh, foray into all things horrible. He will be able to make dubstep songs with his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, brother. Dude, Grodd didn't even show up in this last episode. Yep. Right, yeah, yeah, we took a pause there. Nobody knew, but we're back. Awkward. <laughs> it was my fault, people. I, apparently all the phones went down at my restaurant, so I had to deal with that. Sorry. That's okay. We're going to move actually we're going to move on from the flash talk. We kind of talked about that last week, so listen to that. Uh all right, Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry about my energy level this episode. Not at all. It's shit, man. It's shit. I'm hey, calling myself out. It's shit. Man, if if the listeners knew about the collective weeks we have had in the last few weeks, yeah. we would be getting like, you know, huggy meme love letters. Like no, Whatever. really. Like, From the army? Yeah, they care. Fucking, the army's a cold-hearted bitch. No, they care, dude. They got good hearts. Some of them. <laughs> Dan West. Let, tell me Dan West does not have a giant, awesome, big heart. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Thank you, Dan West, for Gosh. being the perfect example of my point. You like him because he's not a brony, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick news for DC. Ben Affleck has been spotted on the set uh, for Suicide Squad. Sweet. Uh, he wasn't alone. The Batmobile also made an appearance on the set of Suicide Squad, and it looks like it's involved in a uh, car chase scene with the Joker's car that we've been seeing a lot on social media. And also hearing that Harley Quinn has showed up on the set uh, as uh, during that scene as well. Driving and hijacking the Batmobile? Where did you get that from? No, Anything I, that I said? No, I was, I was just hoping. I want to see a driving. Mad, I want to see a madcap yes, Margo. I want to see a madcap Harley hijacking the Batmobile. That would be awesome. But we've, <laughs> yeah, because we really haven't seen anybody do that. And to see somebody do that for the first time, I mean, like in the Keaton movie, like when he he put the shields up, nobody's going to get in it. It would be kind of cool to see Harley fucking drive off with the Batmobile. That would be amazing. <laughs> and then Batman have to battle both the Joker in his car and then <coughs> Harley. In the Batmobile. Absolutely, man. Right. But it would be also funny, like, if Harley's trying to operate some of the things within the Batmobile and having a hard time. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be like Alfred coming out of the speakers. Master Bruce. <laughs> right, right. Did, no, did you see the pictures that of, of her mm-hmm. recently with the – what was it? She had 
Okay, we've seen damaged on Jared Leto, mm-hmm. his Joker. On her cheekbone, it said rotten. Yep. yep. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, they're definitely going all in on the facial tattoos. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're doubling down, guys. Right. Okay, if you were a DC character and you had a tattoo, uh, what would your tattoo say? Mm, interesting tattoo. question. My face tattoo. Do yeah. I do I get to pick my font too, or is it is it being done to me forcibly? We're doing the cursive, just the cursive, just like you know the le- le- like Leto Joker. Uh, What's it going to say? Delicious. Delicious. Yep. Why? Why is it going to say fucking delicious? Because <laughs> uh, I make amazing delicious food. I just want to smack you. That's in the my fucking, livelihood. I want to smack That's you. Delicious. I want to smack you in the face. Domesticated Dave. Delicious. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you asked. I answered. All right. <laughs> Mine would say milieu. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that dude even mean? <laughs> that dude's deep, man. <laughs> Is that Mala? Mala? Milieu. Enchanté. I just want to hear Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't understand why you want to slap me when you're putting milieu on your face. That's a good question. <laughs> my face is very slappable. Ask all my exes. No, dude. It'll say mill yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> all right. Variety is reporting that actor Chris Pine is in negotiations with Warner Brothers to play Steve Trevor, Wonder Woman's longtime love interest. Uh, in the original version of Wonder Woman's origin story, Steve Trevor was an intelligence officer in the United States Army during World War II, whose plane crashed on Paradise Island, the isolated homeland of the Amazons. He was then nursed back to health by the Amazon princess, Diana, she fell in love with him and followed him when he returned to the outside world. There she became Wonder Woman. Now, the new 52 version of Steve Trevor, after Flashpoint, history's rewritten. In a conversation between Steve Trevor and Amanda Waller five years earlier, Steve tries to convince Waller that Diana and the Amazons are not a threat to global security as they – are benevolent. Steve then becomes the U.S. government's liaison to Diana during her stay in Washington, D.C., and later becomes the head of the newly formed Argus, the advanced research group for uniting superhumans, as well as the U.N.'s liaison to the newly formed Justice League. Um, I, what do you th- I mean, I'm not sure people were wanting to get Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. I'm thinking more people wanted to see him in like a superhero role, something like Green Lantern. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Chris Pine joining uh, the uh, DCU if it were to happen? Ah, Steve Steve Trevor is such a uh, downtrodden, sympathetic character because he's the dude who. Okay, you ever you ever been in a relationship and you pine for someone and miss them, and then you meet their their new boyfriend, and you're like, damn it, like. Dude, she upgraded. I I could never be as good as that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, his girl 
upgraded to Superman. So, you know, like, Steve Trevor's going to be a sympathetic character, no matter how you touch it in the DCU New 52. Uh, Chris Pine is a, is a very entertaining actor. I enjoyed him, his work in, in the uh, Star Trek movies, as well as the wonderful musical Into the Woods. And I, oh, I just, fuck I, I just, I'm, I'm excited to see Steve Trevor getting a little cinematic love. He was great in Horrible Bosses, too. I haven't seen it. He's I I you know I love Christoph Waltz, but man, Chris Pine fucking stole the show in that movie. And that's that's a, that's not an easy thing to do. Fuck no, dude! It was insane how good Chris Pine was in that movie. I'm gonna say, ask Amy Adams in Big Eyes. Like it's it's hard to hang with Christoph Waltz. Big Eyes was a great movie, mm-hmm. and he was fantastic in that. But my God. Chris Pine stole the show in Horrible Bosses. Good for him. Too. See, I, 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 Horrible Bosses 1 wasn't my thing, but you've talked about Horrible Bosses 2 on a couple of occasions, so I'll give it a shot. It's, you know, I mean, okay, if you're looking at, like, comedies that have good sequels, this was not, like, 22 Jump Street great. This was, this was, but this was really good. I mean, Hangover 2 is just garbage. I mean, hot garbage, like, as to opposed to, like, like, this was a good sequel, in my opinion. So. Yeah, Hangover Trilogy is like Matrix Trilogy. I just kind of focus on the one I liked. I never watched the third one. It w- yeah. it went from, like, Hangover, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as most people. I th- still I thought it was good. And then Hangover 2 is just, like, a pile of shit. Um, and then I, I, it got to the point where I was like, I'm not even going to watch Part 3. You made the right choice. So... But yeah, um, Tupperware, I, Tupperware, Steve Trevor, Chris Pine. Really? Yeah. Really? I think it's going to be good. I, I, I enjoyed the Argus miniseries they had. I've enjoyed, I am an unapologetic Wonder Woman fanboy and, uh, always felt bad for Steve Trevor just because of the ultimate upgrade that she did between him. You know, it was like when, when, um, Ryan Reynolds dumped Alanis Morissette for Scarlett Johansson. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's just got to be rough to be that that person. So good for good for you, Steve Trevor. You got a good actor playing you. Yeah, but uh, pot, it's a rumor, Dave. It, I, I hope just it happens. The, okay, really? See, like I when I'm thinking Chris Pine, it's like I want to see the guy in a, in an actual role where he's like a superhero or even possibly a villain. That's what I'm thinking for Chris Pine. I'm not thinking like, oh yeah, fuck yes, Steve. Fucking Trevor. Yeah. Steve Trevor is a very under, underappreciated character, and uh, Chris Pine could really show what a great character Steve Trevor is. Because he is, he is the good-hearted antithesis to Amanda Waller's by-the-numbers, doing it you know, for the greater good, evilness. Looking at it... the Okay. Looking at it like in the way you're looking at it, maybe another part of that, you like it. You like the casting. Absolutely. Okay. It may help the movie too. Absolutely. Like the, the solo films. Yep. Because you're going to need to surround uh, Gal Gadot, you know, you're going to need to surround her with good actors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they, if, yeah, if they do land Chris Pine, I mean, this is, this is definitely going to help the, those solo films. Anything that is good for a Wonder Woman franchise is good by me. I'm lean, I'm actually, this is kind of like what they did with like Thor, now that I'm thinking about right. it, you know, getting, uh, um, Anthony Hopkins. To have play. you have you still not been spoiled on who Lady Thor is? I your Modoc book. I didn't want to say anything, but the last page spoiled it for me. Did it? Yeah. Look at the last page in your Modoc book. Well, too. one of the ads. The last. Look at the last page in your Modoc book. 
Yeah, open that up. A lot of dead air here. I had no idea who Lady Thor was, and then I looked at the last page in your MODOK book. That's not who Lady Thor is. Okay, thank God. Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Everybody, no. Everybody's a Thor in Secret Wars. Oh, oh, okay. See, I'm not reading Secret Wars yet. Yeah. I totally forgot that. that okay, okay. No, you're good. Whew. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you. Glad you cleared that up. Yeah, Actually, I would have been surprised when I read it anyway. Even if I didn't, no, even you, I, okay, cool. Yes, yeah, you're I'm good. Still good. No, no, no spoilers yet. I'm, I'm amazed you've made it this far. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, dude, I'm not. I'm barely on social media. I'm barely on. Well, that, it. You, I don't you, have my own personal Facebook. You'd say you'd have to not be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm, I'm looking forward to to that now. If they if they can land him, that 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 would make a, a Wonder Woman solo film that much better. Yes. And, and I do apologize. Um, last week we said that you know Wonder Woman didn't have a director, but we had forgotten that Monster director Patty Jenkins actually took over for Michelle McLaren, and Ugh. so she Patty Jenkins is the director. I, I totally forgot about that. All right, we're gonna move on to Marvel news. Marvel news. All right, yeah, Marvel news. We got some Marvel news this week. Uh, I wanted to talk. Oh, actually, Marvel emails. First email comes from Hyatt Sutton. Hey, leftovers. Dot dot dot. And Frank, I was wondering if you guys think we will get an Age of Ultron director's cut when the movie comes out on DVD. And if we did, how much better could that make the movie? I personally think Disney suits are more to blame than Whedon for the problem the film had. P.S. Sorry about all the shits and fucks in last week's email. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) You gotta apologize to us. Shit. (laughs) Fuck that, dude. Don't ever fucking apologize. That's what I hate, dude. I hate that. You know, if you, do you, okay, do you think that, uh, you should, uh, like, be aware that, like, you're, of like how many how much cussing you're doing on a podcast? Like be like, whoa, we need to tone it down. What do you think, man? Uh, well, first time listeners, I could see they're they're uh, not not really being able to gauge what an E means. You know what? How depraved does it get? Yeah. But you know, I have a swear jar at my uh, restaurant that I I try to minimize what I can do. But you know, you're not paying for this. If they had to pay. For this show, mm-hmm. yes, I think I think we would need to be far more aware of it. But it's free, so yeah. you know, let the let the adult language fly. There's an e on there. Yeah, you know what it means. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like the cussing, you're a big pussy, and just stop listening. <laughs> I didn't say you needed to insult them. I'm simply <laughs> stating that you know, as long as it's something that you are doing out oh, of the trying- love of your heart. Yeah. If your heart has some curse words in it. Then, uh-huh. then there will be some curse words. Maybe I'm trying to weed out some of the assholes. You know, <laughs> it's like calling the herds. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's like it's like if you can't handle like the level of cursing on this show, then don't fucking listen. We are I'm not just, for the faint of heart. Exactly. I'm just trying to weed you out so I don't have to listen to you guys piss and moan every week about you know the cursing. <laughs> I guess it's it's a it's a nice uh, population control method. I, yeah. I like this. Yeah. All right, Hyatt. Answer your question here. Um, I don't. As far I, I've heard from Joss Whedon himself saying like he's never going to come out with a director's cut for like anything, right? 
I didn't know that you spoke with him. That's that's impressive. No, I was on that See internet. If he's got some Buffy merch. Uh, I'm going to start cussing again. Fuck you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> First one of the episode. It took a while. Yeah, fuck off, Dave. No, um, yeah, it did take a while. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. I made you wait hours before I... Man, I've been doing all this stuff and getting all excited about shit that you hate. And right. Man, it took, it took like hours. No like, shit. You were talking about wrestling earlier. And absolutely. Like, what the hell? I thought I was going to so have to talk about My Little Pony some more and oh, sing a song. Like, I, I got to pull out the big guns if I'm going to start singing. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no shit. God, don't make me hate music, Dave. <laughs> That's my gift. Thank you. No, but like uh, I don't. I, th- I think I've. I think I've read that Whedon said that he would never come out with a director's cut, and so what we'll get is just deleted scenes. Yep. So we'll never get like a director's cut for Age of Ultron. About the third version. That's like the master deluxe version. Yeah. You'll get all the stuff that got cut out, but they're gonna they're gonna save that for a, a couple versions in. For 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 this movie, I would love to see a fucking director's cut. Damn right. Any of the other movies, I don't really care. Well, and if if we keep up asking for it, you know, you might get a special edition because they're going to squeeze as much money out of this as they can. Well, see, that's the thing. Like with the Days of Future Past movie, like I didn't buy the the first release. I I got on Amazon recently and I purchased the Rogue Cut. So when that comes out in July, that's my that's the copy I'm getting. There we go. I waited a year. So I'm going to get the rogue cut because that's what I wanted. With this, though, like Marvel could, if they wanted to, double dip and make a killing. But it doesn't sound like Whedon wants to do a director's cut. So if any movie needed a director's cut, it's Age of Ultron. Without a doubt. I mean, it would be over three and a half hours long. But on the flip side, this is the movie that needs a director's cut. I might actually like the director's cut of this movie. David Lynch's version of Dune was super long and it was far better than what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this movie des- deserves a director's cut. I. I would I would love it. I, I don't I don't think we're ever going to get it. I think we're just going to get those deleted scenes, and uh, maybe some of those deleted scenes. Probably the effects aren't even completed. So. Well, if the rogue cut would uh, give us some hope that maybe we will get another version, we're going to have to wait a few years. But you never yeah. know. With Whedon, I don't think we'll ever get this director's cut. Yeah, but I mean, are they giving two fucks what Whedon thinks from this point on? <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, they could piece this together. Yeah. If they wanted to. Yeah. Um, do I think it could make it a better movie if it was the director? Yeah, it'd be it'd be extra long, but I think it, I don't think it could hurt. Yeah, Jake's the one who hates long movies. Like yeah. I, I, both of us tossed it, so it's it's all uphill from here. Like it can only get better. I loved. Um, I don't know if they considered it the director's cut, but like the extended edition of the Abyss. Damn right! Wasn't made, that amazing? Made it make way more sense. It why did. they were there. Yeah, you in the, in the original version, you just know that there's aliens and they're under the water and they've been living. Yeah, they were just pretty aliens. Yes, and then when you saw the director's cut, you're like, oh, that's why. That's why they're there. And even though it it made a long movie that much longer, I still I appreciated the movie more. I loved it. I think it enhanced the original story. It didn't detract from it. I mean, any Ed Harris performance I get, I'm usually a fan of. Oh, God. Have you ever seen the prime gig? Damn straight, man. Uh, most people will talk about fucking Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I love, sure. or Boiler Room, but they haven't seen prime gig. Mm-hmm. The prime gig is so – yeah, watch it if you haven't seen it. If you like movies like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and, uh, the, and Boiler Room – 
Watch the Prime gig. Ed Harris, Vince Vaughn. It's fucking phenomenal. All right. Um, I, think, I think Vince Vaughn's about to come back strong. As I think he, he looks like he's going to be the villain in that new True, that True Detective, Detective movie. I'm, I'm ashamed I still haven't started True Detective season one. Hmm. So that's going to be something. Um, I did – oh, shit. I, I did finish the uh, – finally finished the show I love, The Almighty Johnsons. I finished season three finally. Nice. Love that show, Tupperware, all the way through. Um, the next show that I'm starting – oh, I'll talk about it on Good Pop, Bad Pop next week. And I'll give you the show too and we can talk about it. What is it? I'm not, I'll reveal it to you oh, off oh, air. Okay. I'll reveal it to you off air. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, let's see here. In Marvel Quick News, uh, I wanted to go over this. How many episodes – are, is Agent Carter going to get in season two? We found that out. It's ten. Ten episodes. Sounds about right. So I wonder if they're – you think they're going to do like the whole like start in January thing like in the interim between sure. uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It worked for him the first time. Why yeah. not do it again? Uh, is it something that you're looking for? Did you finish season one? Nope. I didn't either. Nope. I, I got three, four episodes in I think. I think I'm one of the only people who watched all of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and got bored through through season two. Oh, you like season one better? No. I, oh, it was just yeah. one of those. I was, everybody was like, oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. And then I got mm-hmm. some cool Mockingbird and then some yeah. cool – and then and then it just was like uh, – mocking, uh, Mockingbird uh, is my favorite part okay. of season two. Sure. I like her. But like I, I am such an X-Men fan mm-hmm. that the more you shove in humans down my throat, the more I will dislike what you're, what you're presenting me. I think it, I think it works to – I don't know. I, I think it works to their advantage doing the inhuman stuff because they, they, they it made Sky a little bit more interesting. You know what I mean? Because like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really interested in her character at all. Mm-hmm. And now that she's an inhuman, it's it's made it more interesting. But I think it works to their disadvantage because the fact that that Inhumans movie is like three years away yeah. and they're already introducing them into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think that's kind of a bit premature. The, you're just saying because you're they're trying to replace mut- right. mutants. Right. And they, uh, like I, I love the Coulson and uh, Agent May stuff. Fuck Agent May. But, but that's the thing. Like they really started like – Getting away from that, and I, I know you don't like Agent May, but I like Agent May. And then they did the like evil. Oh god, evil, her like, character is so one dimensional. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. She's a hard ass. But she's they, she's a hard ass woman. I get it. Mockingbird is so much better. They never developed it, and then they that it was just one of those like they never went anywhere with Coulson's. Yeah, you know why he came back? No, I had. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I yeah. had so much hope for fucking Agent May when after that first episode, I was like, cool. I want to know more about her and everything, and like she just be, she's just so one dimensional to me. So my least favorite character in the series, Mockingbird being my favorite. And when I heard that Mockingbird was going to be going off and doing her own show, that upset me. I was like, now I have no reason to watch Agents <laughs> of Shield at all. And so thank God that's not happening. Well, I might I might catch up on it just because they. They stick with Mockingbird, and I yeah. like Mockingbird. So, well, Adrian Palicki's so good in this. I mean, I loved her in John Wick. I loved her in Friday Night Lights. I was a huge fan of Friday Night Lights, and uh, she's great. I mean, as far as like the action and the stunts and things like that, she's she's phenomenal. Nice. So. All right, Marvel quick uh, Yeah, more quick news. It looks like Marvel is auditioning for Elektra for Dare, uh, Daredevil season two. 
audition tapes were uploaded online and then they were quickly taken down. So we can expect Electra possibly for season two. And we've also heard the rumors of Bullseye. So Dave, being a huge Electra fan, um, what do you hope that we see from Electra in uh, the Netflix Daredevil series? Yeah, more Electra, less Bullseye. I, I think they'll definitely uh, go to the rich source material of um, what happens between Bullseye and Electra and Matt. But um, I hope they keep the focus heavily on Electra. She's a great female character, and we need strong female characters on our Netflix shows. Hopefully, Je- AKA, AKA Jessica Jones will continue that, and that's what I'm hoping for. Are you worried that like that it's going to get overcrowded with a three-headed monster of Bullseye, Electra, and uh, Kingpin? As long as long as you keep Bullseye like as the just sort of like crappy evil hawkeye that he should be that's good when you when you start using him for comic relief and uh i really liked in the new run where bullseye was sort of like the mastermind yeah like like, yeah i I like that menacing dark version of bullseye way over where he was he was like totally like right immobile though Uh yeah yeah and i i like bullseye as more of a menacing force than as a comic relief he you know, foil. Well, I, I could not. I can't see him being comic relief in this dark, gritty Netflix series. And I and I hope that's the case. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love me some Electra. So, uh, whoever we got going playing Electra, I can't wait to see what you got. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they cast in the role. Yep. If you is there anybody out there uh, in TV land that you would want to see them cast as Electra? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's okay. Um. Let me think here. Um, the the woman who played do, do you did you ever watch Homeland? Oh, uh, Homeland is that the oh gosh, uh, what's her name? Claire Danes. Yes, never seen it, okay. but I, I'm familiar there, with it. There is a character who is a member of the uh, CIA's team. She was. I always thought it was interesting because it was one of the first protagonists I'd seen on TV who mm-hmm. wore a headscarf and that you just don't see that very often. Right. And she was a, a person who was of Arabic descent who was acting you know, on the CIA's behalf as an agent and she was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually came up again on the documentary Going Clear. If, you, if anybody's seen that documentary, she no. was a Scientologist that was groomed to be Tom Cruise's girlfriend. <laughs> like, there's a whole segment uh, about her. Is that the HBO Scientology? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still need to see that. Well, th- that's who I'm talking about. This okay. this lady, uh, everything I've seen from her, that, you know, religion notwithstanding, I don't I don't judge people based on whatever they choose to believe. Right. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed her. Unless they're bronies, life. right? <laughs> Brony love. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could just, all of the... My Little Pony merchandise I have sitting in in that next room. It would just drive Brian insane if I brought it all out here. Yeah, but um, the uh, no, I I have a, I have a two year old. <laughs> you know, give me a break. But uh, she, no, was, I'm looking at a My Little Pony right now. There we go. As we speak. So. Uh, no, um, basically she was she was really really good on Homeland mm-hmm. and has had some apparently not so complimentary press in that recently popular documentary. Right. And I think she would be a great Electra. Okay. That's awesome. what I'd like to see. Good deal. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to Electra. Yeah, you know, I, they, they teased her. There was an Easter yeah. egg in that last season where he talked about the Greek girl he yeah, dated he, in college. Remember that Greek girl you used to date? I was uh-huh. like, oh, 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 my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, you can put me on the spot anytime. I'm and a, then there, there was the bullseye Easter egg, too. That's yeah, the, the, the in the bag. The sniper and the, yeah. The little, the little uh, playing, playing card. card. Yep. All right, Hugh Jackman has stated that Wolverine 3 will be the last time he uses the claws in a film and he will retire himself as Wolverine, but... Could Wolverine make an appearance in Deadpool? Here's what Ryan Reynolds had to say to News Limited. God, I hope so. That would be really nice. I don't know. We'll see. It seems like he's open to it, but it's going to be more of a scheduling issue than anything else. So, you know what I mean? Fox needs to milk Jackman for his, you know, what I mean, to play Wolverine. It's not like he has to get in shape for just a cameo. To play Deadpool, he can wear, like, he was wearing a jacket in first class. It's not like he was, like, ripped and, you know what I mean, when he did the cameo in first class. But I would love to see fucking Jackman make a, a, it'd be great to see him reunited with this version of Deadpool as opposed to the shitty version of Deadpool. I think the perfect cameo for him would be uh, someone asking, bringing up Wolverine and saying, Hey, do you know Wolverine? And we just get like five different shots of Wolverine killing Deadpool like five different times. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, "Yeah, I know, I know Logan." <laughs> that would that would be my perfect cameo for Wolverine. Or what if they break down the fourth wall and address that piece of shit film? Oh, that would be Deadpool amazing. addresses that piece of shit. That film. would be amazing. Yeah, that's what this movie like. Like if you read the script to Deadpool, the one that was released online from a few years ago. I mean, it actually, I mean, it, it breaks the fourth wall. It does all that. That, that, if they can get him to cameo, they need to take advantage of Hugh Jackman and they need to basically just kind of like either retcon that movie or just fucking make fun of it. Yeah, take a giant shit all over it. Right. Yeah. 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 You need, have you read that script? Nope. You need to. No, I don't want to. What if it is the script? I, I think, I think a lot of it's gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, movie. I don't want to ruin it. Cause Colossus is in that script and Colossus has been cast in this movie. Yeah, I don't, so. don't, I don't, I don't want to, don't make me read it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All I'm right. excited about that movie. I don't want to spoil it. I know. Well, you didn't spoil Lady Thor, so I'm not gonna spoil. Never. Colossus. And what his role is in this movie. Cool, cool. Okay. Marvel Studios, but yeah, I think we can all agree that it would be fucking brilliant to see Hugh Jackman in a Deadpool movie. Let's get the most out of this guy before he leaves. Do you think that, like, after Jackman leaves, do you think that that he'll come back and maybe play, like, Cable? Or, you know what I mean? Or Old Man Logan or something? Oh, you, you, he, as much as he said he's loved, he loves the character, everybody says, oh yeah, I'm done, I'm done. And then they get a few years under their belt, and they're like... Man, I miss the good times. It's been 15 years, and he has to really bust his ass to to stay in shape for this role. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's such a significant portion of his life. Mm -hmm. He does the last one. He does the last interview. He does the, you know, people stop asking him about about it, but he still has little kids coming up to him and say, Mr. Jackman, uh, are you ever going to play? You know, Mm -hmm. he'll he'll, he'll eventually. Especially if they ever do like a Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, like version where he's the headmaster mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to get all ripped. And he's yeah, just, exactly. So, oh, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Who would you, okay, who would you want to see, like, take over the role of Wolverine after? Well, that's going to kind of depend on what they do with Secret Wars because 
Nobody believes for a second they're keeping Wolverine dead. You know, it's they killed off Wolverine about a year and a half ago. No, not even that long ago, a year ago. No, I'm talking. I'm just talking about the movie universe, right? But I'm saying that the whatever version of Wolverine we get in the new status quo for they Marvel, don't care about the comics. Uh, I think they care a little bit. No, they're, they're going by like what happened. Like, I mean, I mean, look at they don't care about the comics, Dave. I mean, Days of Future Past had nothing to do with the fucking Days of Future Past comic book. It was very loosely based. Yeah, but if it's if it's like old man Wolverine Logan, was the guy. Wolverine was the guy that they sent back, not Kitty Pride. Right, but if it's old man Logan, that's going to be a very different actor from if it's like young blonde Ultimate Surfer Boy Logan. They're gonna they're gonna want it to look like they're gonna want it to look like Wolverine. Like they're they're not they're not gonna want it. I, I, okay, my my guess my my dream casting would be Tom Hardy. I think he was just. As far, he's just like if you've seen what was that movie that he was in where he played like the MMA fighter or something like that. He just the got, fighter, the fighter. Yeah, I mean, he just was just huge. Yeah, but well, why not somebody younger? Like if you you know let's let's think toward the future. Like, um, hmm, who would be a good Wolverine? That's a very young actor. Um, Asa Butterfield, our <laughs> 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 Spider Man. <laughs> It's so confusing. Um, let's see. We want somebody who's who's relatively small. We don't want because I, I, that always bummed me out that Wolverine was so tall because that's part of his dynamic. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah. like he's a little shit starting small guy. Yeah. Because he's like that dude. He's everybody. Every circle of friends has that one little dude who's always starting shit oh, with yeah. big guys. Oh yeah. So I would love to see a, a, a smaller actor take over the role. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know about do, – do they, do they have to be athletic or can they get athletic like Jackman does? They can get – I mean look at Pratt. Good call. Good call. Um, yeah, because you, you, watching Parks and Rec, I would have said you were nuts if, if we were going to see the ab nation that we saw in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, God. I'm getting really sick of the Marvel ab shots in every fucking trailer. <laughs> Buddy, they're not for us. Yeah. Here's Paul Rudd's abs. <laughs> Gotta say, like, the, the speaking of our LVGT listeners mm-hmm. and, and all, there's a lot of little girls and stuff that are probably like, ooh, as soon as they see that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. It brings in more people. Um, <laughs> let's see. How about, what about one of the younger actors from, no. Oh, I don't like that. I, All right, I've given up on you. Sorry, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it's one of those. Moving on. No, Hugh Jackman has so imprinted himself in the role yeah. that it's just kind of hard to wrap your mind around somebody else taking it over. That's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. That's but, what I'm posing the question. But if you said, t- but I, you're going to have to give me a little more time on. Like, it's All like right. if you said, who's going to be Tony Stark? Like, I, I just have to remove Robert Downey Jr. from my mind because he's so ingrained himself mm-hmm. in in. In our collective unconscious, see, I think that, like, that character, Robert Downey Jr.'s got it easier. I mean, in my opinion, because he doesn't have to stay like, like, I mean, he wants to stay in shape, but he doesn't have to be ripped like, like Jackman does. Like Jackman's training regimen when he's Wolverine is just insane, and I mean, he has to do this for every movie, and I, he's done it for fifteen years, and by the time this movie comes out, it'll be fifteen, sixteen, seventeen sure. years. So. You know, you got to give it up to the guy. I mean, <laughs> he needs a break. He needs a break. <laughs> he needs to do some musicals. Yeah. Dave, love that. You, you? Marvel Studios is in negotiations with actress Tilda Swinton. Great name. Tilda Swinton. 
Yeah, wasn't she in that movie with Keanu Reeves where he played the mage and she played the 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 angel Constantine? She was in that. Yeah, she was also uh, she. Well, she's in negotiations to play the ancient one in Doctor Strange. The ancient one in the comics is a male character and and Asian, and uh, so Marvel is doing things a little differently here. Not different I enough. Mean, I remember. I remember seeing her. She was in. Uh, she was in uh, Only Lovers Left Alive with uh, Tom Hiddleston, playing a vampire, uh, and she was also in Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. So yeah, she's been in a movie with Loki and Captain America already. Now she's in negotiations to be to be the ancient one in Doctor Strange. She has a unique look. She, Absolutely. You know she she's like one of those. Uh, Actresses that has like a a unique look that fits certain films. So angular, yeah, yeah. very, very much so. She looks like uh, Pearl from Steven Universe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you're welcome. I love why that I say, cartoon. Why did I say you're welcome? I love it. I was very polite there. Um, I love Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Isn't it great? It's so good. Um, but yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about this? A little bit of gender swap, a little bit of race swap. What do you think about uh, Tilda Swinton as the ancient one? Nothing wrong with that. It seems like they're just fully embracing like a British cast. So mm-hmm. if we're if he's going to be based in London, let's just <laughs> let's just go all out on this thing. Yeah, uh, she's she's a phenomenal actress. I, I think the Ancient One was always you know probably could have appeared as anything. You know, it mm-hmm. was some versions. He you know it's just a force behind the mirror. Or some you know we we've seen lots of versions of the Ancient One. Lots of interpretations. And I think she's got the gravitas to pull off this incredibly powerful being. Yeah, I think it's a good casting, too. Damn straight. I think it's good. They had to get something right eventually. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I I like Scott Derrickson. I do. Um, I think he's a good director. I think he does pretty good horror movies. I'm not a huge horror movie fan anymore. I don't think the horror genre has been that great over the last few years there's not been a lot that i've really liked i love the babadook uh, but as far as that most, was a breath of fresh air most horror movies i mean the reason that they're popular that you know they usually come out in you know october of course best month best month for them to come out but they're usually pretty cheap and they make a lot of money mm-hmm. you know like paranormal activity yeah, those movies were make were huge in the box office but i think scott derrickson's made some really uh some really good uh um horror movies uh what was it was it uh, sinister Yep, Sinister. I thought it didn't have the strongest ending, but no. my God, visually it was pretty good. And I thought right up until the ending, I thought that was it was a pretty good horror film. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm sure it'll be PG-13, but it'll be interesting to see what he does with Doctor Strange. Is it with with the fucking way that Marvel did Age of Ultron? I I'm kind of like I'm worried that it's not going to be scary at all. You know what I mean? I want it to be scary. I want it to be haunting. I want to. I want. I want to be able to. I want there to be scenes like where it's really dark and you're hearing creepy voices and it scares you. Well, I really hope that we're wrong about the PG thirteen thing. I hope. I hope that you're, you're no. like okay. Well, like Thanos's love. We're of, not wrong. Thanos's love of death, right? Yeah, sure. What perfect, perfect movie to introduce that character. You'd think perfect. Yeah. R-rated Doctor Strange. Yeah. No, Dave, it's not going to happen, man. Well, I'm sorry. Neither is Keanu, but, you know, I can have my little dream world. Y- you are in a little dream <laughs> world right now. 
Put on your slip on your PJs because you're fucking dreaming, domesticated Dave. I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> I, 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 that's that's just I I've loved the character of Doctor Strange for a long time. Like through Hickman's run and lead up to Secret Wars, man, Doctor Strange was a great character consistently through. And I'm just I don't want that movie to be a train wreck. I want it to be. Good. I don't want it to. Yeah, but I. I mean, I don't think that the the fact that it that it would be a train wreck hinges on the the rating. You know, I don't think it hinges on the rating whether it's R or PG thirteen. But uh, I don't think that on the. But on the flip side, it'll never be R. Marvel and Marvel Studios is never going to do an R rated movie. Now, they got Blade back. Do you think that they would do an R rated Blade movie? Probably not. They'll never do a Blade. Blade will probably be if they ever did Blade again, it would be Netflix. It would go straight to Netflix. There you go. So, yeah, he'd be fighting robots or something. He wouldn't even be fi- wouldn't even be blood. Dave, I hope you're right. I, I, I hope that they do the character justice. For you, I hope they do the character justice. Keanu Reeves for Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, that's what I say. Reunited with Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, no, it ain't that ain't gonna happen. Go to Facebook. Go find to fa- the group. It, find the group. Make it happen. Like <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Hey, man. Worst comes to worst, they make him Wong. You know? Yeah. We haven't heard true. of Wong yet. That's true. He'd be a rockin' Wong. Yeah. So uh, I'm just, just beating this dead horse. Did you say he'd be a walkin' Wong? <laughs> hey, hey, who's being offensive now? <laughs> it's me. I don't think. <laughs> me, Reiki. <laughs> me, Ravi, wrong time. <laughs> oh, man, this is going downhill <laughs> fast. <laughs> All right. All right, we talked a few weeks ago about how Josh Twank... <laughs> We gotta stop. <laughs> Off the rails. Off the rails. Prude Police is angry right now. Yeah, he's, he is. He's listening to Ronda, Lana Del Rey sing, his song, sing her song and he's feeling upset no. and he doesn't know why. He only gets upset if we're talking about like jizz and calm <laughs> and shit like that. Speaking of which, we miss you, Frank. I hope you're doing well. Say jizz and come, and you say. Speaking of which, we, we miss you, Frank. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, this story. This story is for you, Frank. Frank, did you see all the stuff about the glitch in The Witcher, the new game, where there's like sex scenes where people's faces are melting off and shit? If you haven't seen this, check it out online. That's for you, Frank. The Witcher. Okay. No, I totally thought of him when I saw it. I was like, there's a glitch no, where I, people's faces are melting off in sex scenes? But you also thought of him after I mentioned jizz and cum. I said <laughs> jizz and cum, and the first thing that came to mind was Frank. That's what you associate with Frank. <laughs> jizz know, and cum. He's, 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 you know, he's got his pants. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. He's got his shtick. I, I can't. I can't miss him in my own way. Is that? Am I so wrong? Uh, Every email we get, people miss him. They're like and Frank. They, right. You know, a couple of them mentioned Dave, but yeah, they miss Frank. They so do I. Him, they don't call him like you know, Jizz Master. <laughs> Neither did I. Come quat. No. I just showing my love. You know, I think of Jizz and Come, and I think of love. So I, I miss Frank. Okay. This. <laughs> I told you this was going downhill quickly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about how Josh Trank had been let go by Disney and will not be directing a Star Wars anthology film. We heard that there were rumors on the set of Fantastic Four that he was indecisive and would disappear on set for stretches of, uh, at a time. Um, there 
was a new rumor that came out from Josh Wilding of comicbookmovie.com on Twitter. And he said, Matthew, quote, Matthew Vaughn directed Fantastic Four reshoots. Matthew Vaughn, of course, is the producer for the Fantastic Four, as well as the director, you know, for Kingsman and X-Men First Class. This was followed up. Josh Trank saw this on uh, this tweet, and uh, he responded. Oh, shit. Directly. Nice. To uh, Josh Wilding. He says, at Josh Wilding, hey, Josh, not true. While Matthew Vaughn has been very supportive, he's never been to our set. There's only been one director of Fantastic Four 2015, me. So, wow. I mean, okay, my question is, you know, we've said that the fact that this rumor is out there about, you know, him flaking on the set of Fantastic Four and the fact that Disney let him go, that this could kill this guy's career. Yeah, somebody's getting defensive. What if by chance... My question to you, Dave, is like, what if by chance Fantastic Four does as well as, let's say, X-Men Days of Future Past in the box office, or even better? I'm not saying Guardians of the Galaxy good. No, fuck it. What if it does, yeah, what if it does X-Men Days of Future Past good, or Guardians of the Galaxy good, or even better? Does does this guy get another crack at a Hollywood blockbuster or is he relegated to doing, you know, smaller indie films at this point? Well, it depends on how defensive he gets and how much noise he keeps making in the interim. You know, mm-hmm. like there is a there there is a certain amount of truth that you piss off the wrong dude in Hollywood, you're done. That's the case. So well, he just needs to look sit at down. Mel Gibson. Right. He needs to sit down, shut up, and hope that that movie rocks. So bridges have been burnt. Possibly with Fox, that doesn't mean another studio might not come in and swoop in. Absolutely, up. but somebody needs to get in his hair and say, hey, stay off Twitter, don't get trolled, shut up. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, is it, should he not be able to respond to, to that tweet? Stay, stay above it. Like, it's just rumors. It's just, you know, it was like, it was like when I wrote the bad review of, online on our website of X Factor. And then we got the immediate response from Peter David getting all shitty and defensive. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm writing for a podcast website. I run a restaurant. Calm the fuck down. Like mm-hmm. it's it's one of those that the proof is Did in the pudding. Did you tell Peter David to calm the fuck down? Did you use that? Did yeah. you say calm the fuck down? Uh-huh. You told him to calm the fuck down. Yeah, I said I loved your runs of Hulk. I loved your runs of Aquaman. And you're freaking out on me over not liking one book. Calm the fuck down. And you know what? I got vindicated when after it got canceled, he he threw his artist under the bus. Like, you know, every time I, – I don't buy Peter David books anymore because I know this guy is shitty and defensive over any sort of criticism. I'm – you know, I'm siding with uh, – I'm siding with Trank, man. I am. I'm siding with Trank. If, so, if somebody, somebody said something about me online or talk shit, I'd fucking – I'd fucking come out. But also – you know what? I'm also not being paid to do anything. Right. This, the, the, I'm talking about. I'm talking about from a business standpoint. Like freaking out over a Twitter comment over is pointless. Did he really freak out though? I dude, mean, saying the you know talking about the dude who bankrolled your movie. He was never even on set. It's like he you know, produced it. I mean, he's you know, a- he uh, he could come back with. Well, actually, Josh, 
I was there during the immense times that you disappeared and no one knew where you were. You know, like you you can't say he was never on set when you were you were you lost the gig because you left set for significant amounts of time. Well, I mean, no, he's just he's just saying, hey, you know, th- he said, okay, the one guy said that Joshua Wilding said that basically said that uh, he had left. God damn it! I'm, I lost my notes here. I'm trying to quote it here. Josh Wilding said, "Yes, he said um, Matthew Vaughn did reshoots of Fantastic Four, and Trank is just saying that like, no, that's not true. Hey, Josh, not true. While Matthew Vaughn has been very supportive, he was never he's never been to our set. There's only been one director. So, I mean, he's not. He's just basically. I mean, I I don't think he. I don't know if he came off like really butthurt to me about it." He's just I, stating a fact. I'm gonna say I, I think I think responding to any sort of anything on Twitter that is not that is negative, you're just asking to 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 look like you got trolled. Hmm. I guess I I don't know, man. I I, I mean, it kind of kind of put this guy like Josh like wanted to start this whole like thing about like how you know they've already like his career's already kind of fucked. And so, what's the point? You know, like, why not stick up for yourself at this point? <laughs> Fair enough. You know, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, I, I just, mean, I just hope it's a good guys movie. already against the ropes. You might as well fight back right now. Sure, I, I just hope it's a good movie. I, I love the first family, and uh, you know, there's been so many disconcerting things, especially Doom related. That uh, you know, that's a character that has never been given the justice it should. And like, we're not going to get it here. He's a blogger. What the fuck are you smoking, dude? Yeah. He's a blogger. Damashev. God Emperor Doom. That's what he should be. You know, like, I, I hope it's a good movie, too. I hope, despite, like, like my cynicism towards the movie, I hope that I, I, I hope that they show me a different version of Fantastic Four that I can, that I can like. Um, it's just not the Fantastic Four that I want to see. I want to see the actual. I want to see something more like the six one six come to life than what we're seeing here. You know what I mean? Sure. I want to see an older Fantastic Four. I don't want to see. I love Miles Teller. I love Michael B. Jordan. Great actors, dude. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Loved Whiplash. Loved Fruitvale Fruitvale Station and fucking Friday Night Lights. And I love that shit. But man, this is not the Fantastic Four movie I want to see. And I don't want to see Blommer. Blommer Doom. Blogger, blogger Doom. <laughs> blogger Doom. Yeah. Not the meal you for you. So, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think if this movie, I think if this movie blows up, I think if this movie blows up, I think a new, another studio could definitely come in there and, and swoop him. Without a doubt. A chance, so. He's made some great films. <laughs> okay, name two. Name two. Chronicle. Name two. Chronicle. Exactly. Point for Brian. <laughs> Thank you. God, great films. <laughs> He's made some great film. <laughs> and I did enjoy the milieu in Chronicle, though. Uh, and also, I wanted to point out um, that uh, – the Fantastic Four account on Twitter has uploaded new videos about each member of the Fantastic Four. Let me see if I can play this one. I think this one is uh, Ben Grimm's. 
see if I can get it to play. Ben. Ben's abrasiveness stems from a callous upbringing, and though he's despondent, there is hope. As he is fiercely protective of his friends, perhaps I can break through to him by earning his loyalty. So yeah, you can go to you can go to the Fantastic Four Twitter account, and there's those uh, videos, and there's one for each member of the team. But that was Ben Grimm's. Just thought I'd share. All right, Dave, favorite Josh Trainville Chronicle. Let's. <laughs> How did I know? It's a good one. <laughs> Love you, Dave. Love you, too. <laughs> Channing Tatum, he spoke with Empire about uh, the Gambit film that's hitting theaters next year in October. Channing Tatum's <laughs> going to be on season two of Empire? Tell me he's going to be their new rapper. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Channing Tatum on Empire. <laughs> no, he spoke with Empire Magazine about the Gambit film that's hitting, next, uh, hitting theaters next year in October. Uh, here's what he had to say. Josh Zatumer just turned in the first draft of the script, and it's killer. None of us were sure how he was going to deal with the X-Men world. But we're going to be changing some of the tropes of these movies. It's always about saving the world. But maybe we're going to shift things a little bit. There's so many ways you can take an origin story. You could do it like Batman Begins or a different take and go the Guardians of the Galaxy route. All I can say is I'm super excited. Dave. Are you as excited for a Gambit movie? Oh, definitely. I've, I've always enjoyed that character. Uh, and I thought he was a character that started out really strong and then petered out. I'm, I'm not as big a fan as some people. I'm a, my buddy DJ Roberson just had a son a few months ago. He named him Remy. Like, oh, wow. You know, like, wait, there's a huge fan base out there that's waiting for a good Gambit story. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. I wanted Deadpool, Gambit. It's going to be a good, good year. You know, like I'm not gonna, <coughs> I'm not gonna blame Taylor Kitsch for Gambit. No, I, I really, I enjoy Taylor Kitsch. Sure. Once again, I, I'm a big fan of Friday Night Lights. Yeah, but he was stuck in a really horrible movie. Exactly, exactly. Um, Channing Tatum, uh, he, he talks about how this could be. I mean, he really doesn't pinpoint where what they're gonna do. Uh, but he does say that it's going to be an origin story. Thieves Guild, I'm telling you. Exactly. That's where they need to go with yep. this, right? That's where they need to go with this. If it's going to be an origin story, it's going to be Thieves Guild. And I, I like also uh, how he says uh, he, he kind of laughs about the tropes of these movies and how it's always about saving the world. I think that's what we need is like a smaller movie where it's not about – you know, that's what <sighs> made like – the Daredevil series so great. I mean, it's all street level. Daredevil's not out there with the Avengers saving the world. This is street level shit. And I think that's where, I think that's where, I think, uh, Fox could really nail this character if they did what you're saying and just keep it like with the Thieves Guild. And, you know, they, they were talking about Mr. Sinister maybe showing up in mm-hmm. some of these movies. Perfect way to have him dealing with the, the Morlock stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be a good time. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, do you think that the character should show up first though in uh, Apocalypse, like, uh, and and then and then we get our origin story, or do you think they should just leave Gambit out of Apocalypse completely? Hmm. Well, I've heard that Caliban might be showing up in Apocalypse. I, yes, I've heard that rumor as so, well. 
you know, if we're going to get into the Morlock stuff, we might see him a little bit. Just give us a taste. Just a little taste, yeah. you know? And Maybe something to whet people's appetites yeah. so that they can see Gambit just a few months later. There you go. It's just, coming out the same year. Yeah, just a little scene where mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're you're seeing bad stuff happening, and you're seeing this guy, and maybe he's not into it, not wanting to be a part of it. And it's maybe just, Gambit's the Quicksilver scene of this movie. That, damn right. That'd be awesome. That, right. I, I, I'm excited about it. Okay. Like cool. I'm excited about Deadpool. I'm even more excited about Gambit. Really? Yep, I really like Gambit. Mm. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by the Gambit movie. I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm intrigued by it. I um I just hope they get the eyes right, man. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, 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 that it's like it's like if they don't make thing blue-eyed, you know, like right. it's just a little thing, but yeah. man, it's like Ultron. You know, Ultron didn't have the eyes like like he always has been pictured. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I just I hope they get it right. Yeah. Uh, Channing Tatum also he talked about how he's going to be approaching the character. He says, "I love Gambit. I grew up in the South. My father's from Louisiana. We'd go to New Orleans, and I'd heard all the dialects. It felt so different from the rest of America. It has its own ancient culture, so I de- identified with that. And he always felt the most real of the X Men to me. He's kind of a tortured soul, and he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy either." He walks his own path, and of course, he plays cards and drinks, and is a martial arts badass. So, sounds like he's excited to play the character. There has been no director yet for this movie. I think you know uh, the script's been turned turned in, and I think they need to they need to look at this script and they need to find a director that's suited to make this kind of movie. I mean, they have gone after. Big names, Dave. This, uh, I mean, Fox is always, of course, they, with the Wolverine, they went after Darren Aronofsky, and it, th- we thought that it could happen, and with the Wolverine film, it didn't. And yeah, this is the kind, th- Gambit, Fox went after Darren Aronofsky again for this film. Yeah, I, I just hope that, like, David Fincher loved X Men comics when he was younger in the nineties. Oh like, my like, god! Imagine that. If- oh, you blew my fucking mind. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh shit, David Fincher. Fuck. Oh my god, that would be awesome. Holy shit. That's that's. that's I, I got a little. I got. A, I'm saying a little prayer that. Young David Fincher had a big Gambit poster. Can on you his imagine wall. how how fucking uh, how mysterious he could make like the thieves guild and- oh, imagine a scene with you know thieves like the thieves guild chasing after gambit and he's saved by mr sinister like mm-hmm. imagine that scene as shot by david motherfucking fincher yeah i can't see fincher doing this but man but dream, he, you know dream director but he, yeah i'm just yeah. saying like you know you know that there's some great director out there mm-hmm. who had a fucking gambit poster on his wall when he was 11 you know and it's a shot yeah yeah, um, let's. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't tell me an actress earlier for or an actor for Wolverine earlier, but man, you gave me a great director <laughs> for fucking Gambit. All right, let's move on to uh, some Star Wars news. You got what am is saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you doing okay over there, Dave? Yeah, man. I'm All excited right. to talk some circus. 
Yeah, yeah, family circus. Man, Bill, <laughs> Bill Keen. Good times, good times. <laughs> you know, Bill Keen was losing his mind towards the end of his life Ooh, there. We all do, man. Did, no, did you read some of the family circus no. towards like the end the end days? No. Wait, they, they did the end days? Like, No, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the guy was like, how, how old was he? He was like 90 or something. I don't know. He's up there in yeah. years. Family circus was fun. Fun little cartoon strip when we were growing up, you know? Dolly, the little girl, and whatever the fuck, Petey and Bobby or Cindy and Marsha. Wasn't that the know. one where uh, <laughs> you would see, like, the little dotted line where all the, all the yes, stuff the kid yes, did? Okay, yes. yeah. Towards the, end of, towards the end there, man, that family circus strip was, like, half the shit wasn't even funny anymore. It's like a, you had Dolly and she was, like, in the kitchen and she'd be like, Mommy, where are the muffins? And it was like... What's the punchline? It's just, we got a little girl here asking her mother fucking muffins. I said muffin. Ah. <laughs> I don't. That's not funny, Bill Keen. Yeah, that's too bad. No, we're not talking about family circus. Dave, they, all, they all pale to Calvin and Hobbes to me. So Dave is talking about uh, Andy Circus. Um, yeah, we found out the name of his character. He's playing Supreme Leader Snoke. And the character is going to be 100% all motion capture. So, do you have any other news other than that? No, that's all. I, yeah. That's all I knew about. It's huge, though. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. The circus yeah. playing the big badass, right? Andy Circus, Supreme Leader Snoke. Well, we you know we saw in that first teaser there was we heard his voice. Yeah, and there was that scene with all the different stormtroopers, and there was like that black hooded figure standing on that stage. Mm-hmm. I hope that was him. Could I, be. I hope it's like a Darth Plagueis thing. Yeah, me too. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to bring this up. There's a new website, HowBB8Works.com, that explains exactly what the name suggests. It's got an in-depth look at the making of the character, um, and it has awesome 3D flash models that you can interact with. So it shows you exactly how BB-8 works. It's uh, howbb8works.com. Cool. I know there's people that are probably interested in seeing that. Yeah, no, no doubt. Now you can go to the website and check You're it out. You're an engineering student. You love Star Wars. You want to build your own BB-8? Do it to it. There you go. They're going to show you how. I want to go by the local university here and see some somebody, some like, you know, they, they have like, BattleBot things at the university. Mm-hmm. I want to see a a, a, a BattleBot uh, version of BB-8 versus like uh, the PainBot from Teen Titans Go. Have you ever seen him? All I know is pain. No, I don't watch <laughs> the Teen Titans Go oh, show. No, they they all have little like sidekick characters, uh-huh. and Cyborgs is one that he got from a supervillain called PainBot, mm-hmm. and that's all he says. All I know is pain, but he. Puts out all these horrible, evil weapons at any time. He's just like a little box with little treads and a little light on top. But he's like horribly badass. You're still talking. Yeah. yeah. I'll talk about Painbot all day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, the uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Snoke, yeah. Snoke. Um, do, do you think that he's going to be – like did you see the pictures online of the Darth Plagueis uh, red lightsaber that – it was in an illustration in a previous in, – in, they, they showed the, the Way of the Sith book or whatever where it mm-hmm. showed – and it showed his lightsaber and it looks exactly like the, the, 
the picture we've seen of what's her name, uh, Ren, and her walking stick on the desert planet. Ray. Yeah, Ray. They look exactly the same. Okay. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, it's 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 a promotional picture of her holding this walking stick, uh, looking off into the distance on mm-hmm. that desert planet, and they transposed it. And it looks exactly like the the. Because Darth Plagueis' lightsaber was like this long spear, mm-hmm. like sort of like a halberd. You remember in the old Soul Edge game, Soul Calibur? Yeah. The one girl who fought with the the big halberd that that uh, you know would flip the bow. It was like a staff, flip it all around, and there was a blade on the end of it. Yeah. Darth Plagueis' lightsaber looked like that. Okay. It was a big long staff with a with a uh, red light, a red blade on the end. Okay. And the two pictures. Like, they look exactly the same. Okay. And which could totally explain why, uh, what's, what's his, Adam Driver's character, the one who's looking for all the Kylo Sith Run. relics, why they could encounter each other, because he's looking for that lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd have to see that concept art. Is it concept art that you saw? This was, or is a, it this actual- was, this was an illustration from one of the books that talk about Darth Plagueis. Okay. And the illustration from the book looks the staff that the the, the staff that Ray is holding mm-hmm. looks exactly like the lightsaber held by Darth Plagueis. I hope it's just not an Easter egg. I hope it actually. I, I I think it would be brilliant if they if they incorporated Darth Plagueis in this. Yeah, and the different artifacts were a way to bring him back into the into the Star Wars universe. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope you're right because I think I think that'd be brilliant, and, and that would be J.J. Abrams. Tying everything together. Yeah, Kylo Ren, you, we know he found the thing from Vader. Mm-hmm. What if he's on that desert planet looking for Ray's theft? Right. So, so Supreme Leader Snoke is Plagueis? Well, maybe, you know, he's in touch with him. He has, like, Sith holocrons or whatever. Okay. He doesn't have to be the same guy. He could just, he could just be tapping it. He could be the, the Sith version of a Force ghost. Right. Or maybe it's some undead thing that he's tapped into. Okay. No, I, I just I, I I would love to see Plagueis turn up in one of these. Yeah, if there's going to be a Darth movies. Plagueis, man, Andy Serkis is a good guy to do it. Yeah, but th- it sounds like he's playing the supreme leader, Snoke. Yeah, but that that you know, if if if, if it's this new political faction, he's not going to say. I'm your leader, Darth Plagueis. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, Palpatine and the Emperor. Right. So, I know. Um, okay. I I was – all I'm saying is, like, I if they're calling him Supreme Leader Snoke, and that's the guy that's on the – I was hoping, like, it would be, like, the big reveal at the end. Like, they, they brought Plagueis back. And that could be the big reveal. Right. And, and I don't know that the guy on the – the guy on the on the on the stage could be Kylo yeah. Ren. It was just a a black hooded figure. I don't think so. I don't think Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Like in the pictures, I don't think he's like the kind of guy that commands an audience. I feel like he's like out there doing. You know, like he's out there like fighting battles and shit. He looks like more like the muscle, kind of like Vader. You know what I mean? I don't think he's like up at the yeah, podium but, giving. But speeches. it could be the general and the admiral. You know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. I, it is my most excited film for this year. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep. By far. Absolutely. Um, 
and this is it. This is this is all I got for this episode, guys. This next story, but it's a doozy. It's pretty good. Up next, it's it's possible spoilers as to who Ray may or may not be related to in Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Ray, of course, is Daisy Ridley's character, who we called Kira forever because that was her code name, I think, on set. This news comes to us from MakingStarWars.net, and so they've had a lot of uh, like a lot of information that they've leaked has has been real. Um, here's what they have to say. They're, they're, they're the source that gave us like the second, the first and second trailer. Right. They were dead on right. pretty much with like 90% of yeah, the Yeah, their track record's been good. Okay, here's what they have to say about Ray. In a lot of ways, Star Wars The Force Awakens is about the passing of the mantle. That's the first bit of official news we ever got. The mantle would be passed on. Speculation still continues to this day about Rey and her being an orphan. Debates rage about if she's Han Solo's daughter or Luke Skywalker's daughter. It probably won't die down until we see it stated officially. But until then, we have some hints that lead us down very specific routes in regards to the parentage of Rey and if she's connected to the Solos or the Skywalkers or neither. If you recall... Ray, Han, and Finn travel to the green world believed to be Yavin 4. Once the Falcon touches down, Ray marvels at the vista near the landing site. Concept art depicts the Falcon setting down on a wooden dock on the water outside the stronghold. There are ships and freighters landed outside the castle above <laughs> the water in the concepts. Ray is emotionally overcome by all the greenery she sees when they first reach the planet, and her amazement continues. The view is breathtaking. This continues a little further. While Chewie is still on the ship, shutting her down with Finn, Han talks to Ray in private, and he passes on one of, if not his most personal gun to her for protection in Maz's stronghold. This is where Ray gets her DL-44, the blaster Han Solo made famous. Now, before I read any more, I want to point out that there was concept art at Star Wars Celebration of Ray holding this exact blaster. Uh, okay, here's the rest of the article. After Ray and her friend get into Maz's stronghold, Ray gets into a bar fight. Finn, played by uh, John Boyega, is little help in dealing with the rapscallions. Finn does try to stick up for Ray, though. However, Chewbacca helps sort out the problem. As it turns out, a Wookiee at your side is a little better than an ex-stormtrooper for bar fights. A short time after this encounter, Ray enjoys a few drinks and gets tipsy on the pirate ale. It sounds like a good time. While tipsy, Ray thanks Finn for sticking up for her in the strife. Finn's attempt at chivalry doesn't go unnoticed or unappreciated by Rey. So there you have it. Rey inherits Han Solo's gun in the Star Wars The Force Awakens. So a lot I got a lot out of this. It it sounds like they are setting her up to be the a solo, the daughter of probably Leia and and Han. He gives her the blaster. And then I mean we even see in this <coughs> In this scene that they that they describe that Chewbacca in that bar fight, he sticks up for her. I mean, I'm I'm still going back to my thought uh, to my thought here. I, I still think that Han Solo is going to die in this movie. The 
torch is passed down to her and Chewbacca is going to basically be by her side in every other film. That's my thoughts. And do you think Kylo Ren is also a solo? Do I think Kylo Ren is also a solo? Um, Jake has said in the past that you know family and things like that is a huge part of Star Wars. I don't. I. 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 I, I don't know if there's any Skywalkers, but yeah, if I had to take any bets, he'd have to be a solo. I'm gonna say because if you have the Chi ended up having twins yeah. and they were separated, and then they're direct antagonists to one another. Mm-hmm. And it 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 all lines up. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and I've always kind of wondered, like, is Domino Gleason is he a Skywalker? Like, I, we don't know anything about Domino Gleason's character. Sure. Do do we? Do we what, know anything? What about? What about no, a, I think we know something about him, don't we? Yeah. What about what about a Kenobi? Do we? There's whole chunks of yeah, I know. Of Ben's time that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna say I would see him being more of a Kenobi than a Skywalker. Well, I know, and we've mentioned that on the show before okay. too. We've mentioned that, like he he looks like a Kenobi. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't heard anything concrete about his character. I'm trying to remember. I think we've reported something, but I don't know. I apologize. I do not remember it. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I'm I'm thinking that she's a solo. As for uh, Kylo Ren, um, yeah, I mean, he could very well could be uh, a, a solo. I mean, that's at, at the end of the movie. They're talking about at the end of the movie. There's a scene where I think we read it. I, I'm trying to remember. Like um, uh, Luke is actually going to kill Kylo, and uh, instead Luke kills Han, and it snaps Kylo out of it or whatever or something. It's mm. kind of it snaps Luke out. It's crazy. A bunch of shit goes down. But I think Han's gonna die in this fucking movie, man. So it's just gonna be crazy. I'm going to weep like a six-year-old who skinned his knee. Fuck yeah, dude. Yep. I'm just going to be a mess right in the middle of that theater. Me too. I'm going to shit, dude. Yeah, you're going to see a grown man cry in the theater. I will Honda's. cry more than than the end of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> but uh, for better reasons than that. The milieu in that theater is not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be sad milieu. Very sad. All right, that's uh, episode 93. It's in the can, Dave. We did it. We did it. We made it. Yeah, hopefully hopefully everybody made it this far in the fucking show. Oh, Probably yeah, they made it. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. You know, honestly, I don't give a shit if they did drop off. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck you if you stop listening. No, they're dedicated, dude. Don't you worry. Stop. You stick up for the army all the time. They're excited about Jurassic World. Uh, no, they're excited about getting those fucking t-shirts, aren't they? <laughs> Because no, they all chimed in, wanting T-shirts. They're gonna do a review with the milieu, and we're gonna we're gonna have all these milieu reviews. We're gonna get we're gonna give out pop culture leftover beer koozies. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna give out one. one, one, one koozie to the first person that uses milieu in. So get your milieu's in soon, and then you gotta send me an email, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Subject needs to be titled milieu. <laughs> And then, and then uh, you know, let me know that you were the one that posted the uh, milieu review. So what are we going to name the episode? No, milieu review. That rhymes. Hmm. What are we going to name the episode? Yeah. Milieu. Milieu? Yeah, go mill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> go milieu yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it'll probably be Kung Fury or something. I nice. don't know. Just something. 
And uh, thank you very much, guys. We're, we'll be talking about Jurassic World next oh, yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Jurassic World all the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If some big, huge news breaks out, then we'll talk about it. But for the most part, it'll just be Jurassic World. Oh, so excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I was a little upset, though. Like, I hadn't seen, like, the Indominus Rex. And then the fucking toy comes out. Yep. And I'm, like, walking through Walmart and shit. And then I see it. And I'm you can't just, unsee it. It's too I'm late. like, fuck. I didn't want to see the Indominus Rex until I got in there. Sure. So... What do you do, man? They gotta sell them toys. Gotta sell them toys. Gotta make sure those toys are there for the kids to buy. Well, Spoil the shit out of my fucking movie. Hopefully, it'll be a great movie. We'll Tupperware party the shit out of it, and all will be well. I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I'm just trying to be. Hopeful, I tossed man. that last that last TV trailer that came out. Yeah, oh, I tossed the shit yeah. out of that. We'll see, man. Yeah, we will find out. Nope. Next week, Jurassic World. Jurassic World. And remember, everybody, Tyler Durden lives. Check out that Fight Club. It's awesome. All From right. Dark Horse Comics. Can I try it? What? The end. I've never got to do the end. You're not a fucking leftover. Oh, oh uh, sorry. Fuck off. Who the fuck do you think it. you are? I just wanted to give a shot. You watch your fucking <laughs> mouth over there. I, I'm so, my apologies. You can try it. Go for it. And remember, like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. And thanks for listening. And thanks for listening. You fucked it up. Damn it. <laughs> I'm never going to be a leftover. <laughs> you fucking ruined the milieu of this whole episode. I'm a, I'm a horrible milieu. <laughs> you just got milieu-used. Damn it. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, Jurassic World and all that shit. Be well, everyone. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm back real quick. Uh, listen to... Uh, after the end music and then I will post that Matt Fraction interview finally and then after that I might even uh, post something else so enjoy thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers congratulations I don't know how you did it I couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap anyway if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com you can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. 
it and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. is an Eisner Award-winning comic book writer and co-creator of the highly acclaimed series Sex Criminals, which you can read in this new hardcover collection called Big Hard Sex Criminals, in stores now. Please welcome Matt Fraction. you on this show. This isn't weird for me at all. Good, I'm glad. I want to get this out of the way because Sex Criminals is not about sex crimes, it is about something very different, so explain for everybody real quick what's going on here. Okay, well, uh, I'm psyched by the way that your mom and and, and aunts Yeah, this is a good night for my mom and aunts to be here. This is a real Um, real family-friendly comic. This is uh, the new Archie. It's funny you say that. Uh, it's a it's a it's a love story. It uh, is a love but story. Sort of about you know uh, learning uh, sex and what sex is, and it's about a, a girl named Susie who, when uh, when she has uh, an orgasm, I just said that on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Susie has an orgasm, uh, time uh, freezes, and so. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, uh, this makes sex kind of an alienating, weird. Sure. You know, uh, experience for her, uh, and then one day she meets a guy named John who has the same ability, mm-hmm. and the two of them do what any young, hot and heavy couple who can have sex and freeze time would do. They start robbing banks. There you go. So they have sex, right? Near a Every, bank. everybody bank, else adjacent to a bank. Everyone freezes. They run in and yeah. they can rob banks. And yeah. the problem is, it stops if he needs to have sex. If he can well, have like, sex yeah, again, yeah. It la- for him it lasts the duration of what is called the refractory period. Okay. So yeah. So the second he's ready to go again, he's out. Got it. Uh, time moves uh, again. For yeah, him. and look, and timing is a thing, and they they gotta really really communicate. And, and you, uh, obviously, because of uh, because of this, you've, you've run into I'm assuming some censorship with some people. Well, you know, because we're allowed to say what we want to say. There's just people who choose not to sell it or let it in their country. Got it. <laughs> Where? What, name a country. It'd be hard for me to buy big hard sex criminals. Singapore. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so if you're traveling to Singapore. Bring it with you. Yeah, um, yeah. you want to you want to smuggle it in. Yeah, uh, and I and I, I love Singapore and it's wonderful people uh, uh, and uh, friends in Singapore. Yeah, give me a call. I will I will get you. Gotcha. I'll, I'll get you the book. Uh, you did a lot of research on this. This was not you did not take this uh, lightly. Yeah, I uh, annoyed uh, OBGYN friends and and uh-huh. uh, uh, sexologist friends and everybody. I am uh, completely unafraid to just ask the most embarrassing, weirdest, strangest. 
whatever I can. Uh, any, anything I can, you know, do or learn to uh, uh, be more accurate in what's happening in the book. And it's, uh, it's. I, mean, I should clarify for people who might not know your work. You had done superhero stuff before. I mean, and yeah. this is obviously an action <laughs> comic as well. But this is, uh, you had done it's kind uh, of action. Yeah, there's action in it. There's, there's a lot of action. Sure, different sure. kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different positions of different, action. Different there's schools of action. There's lots of schools. <laughs> you. Uh, uh, but like you, you some did people Hawkeye. don't like action. No, that's true. They don't. Uh, you know, you wrote Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, you had a great run on Hawkeye, an award-winning run oh, on thank Hawkeye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, thank you. Hawkeye in the Avengers world, he'll sometimes get heat for being sort of the least powerful Avengers, and that kind of inspired you to take it in a different direction, which I yeah. thought was such a, a fun direction. Yeah. Our, 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 my, you know, the, 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 the book was really about what Hawkeye does when he goes home to do his laundry. Yeah. Sort of, it's like Hawkeye on his day off. Yeah. Um, um, and to, to, to me, you know, he's like the human heart and soul of the Avengers, so it was fun to do a book like that about somebody who kind of compulsively can't stop helping people. Uh, even when he is a, a, a human crap sack tire fire of a, of a human being. So. <laughs> um, you, uh, you, That's you, on the back uh, of the action figure. Right. <laughs> human, crap human crap sack. You, um, you would talk about he can't stop helping people. You uh, can't stop helping people either. And you have in this book, you've yeah. done all this research. Yeah. Uh, you have both male, there's, you know, and this, what I like about this as well, it's written from uh, the female's perspective, yeah, yeah, view, yeah. which is great. Uh, but a male female uh, character, a female character, and you have written sex tips in the book. Right. Um, our, our readers are amazing, and they started to write in and ask us for advice. So, uh, so yeah, we, we wanted to do what we could to help out. Uh, and these are, can you, would you mind reading a few I'd of your sex tips? That would be great. Thank you so much. And these are really helpful. I've read them, and I think, uh, uh, no, no. yeah, they're great. Uh, uh, camera three. Can I get three? There you go. There you go. Hi, camera three. Uh, denying your partner satisfaction can be a real turn-on for both of you. Blindfold your partner. Tease them with light touches, then move to a new city. It's very helpful. It's really good. Okay. No, it's. I hear, I, hear some, I hear some knowing laughs out there. Yeah, I think exactly. there's, some, there's some fake identities where in the they say, "Oh," or somebody being like, "Oh, that means he is coming back." <laughs> exactly. uh, ladies, when faking your orgasms, don't forget to contrive a convincing backstory and family history for each, just in case he quizzes you later. <laughs> also, very important. Yeah, no, it's it's method orgasming. Yeah. Uh, uh, number three, having sex in new locations can be exciting, like when Neil Armstrong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a great book. It's a great comic. Uh, Matt Fraction, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Hey, Matt Tech Stories is in stores now, and everyone in our studio audience, including my mother and my aunt, will be leaving with a top bag and Tech Stories and other comics, and we'll be right Let it go. You should start playing Let It Go. I, I, I work by the neighborhood. It's a different not, No, but it was. It was. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not like Well, unlike the Cubs and with the exception of maybe Boston, the Sox got a win to draw. They pack the park with 40,000 fans because they don't care if they win or lose. Hence, lovable losers. Tell me I'm not right. Tell me I'm not right. Tell me I'm not right. 
Exception of old five haven't been a lot of winning seasons. I don't care. The last time they went, they went to the playoff, I'm telling you why. I want an answer. Listen, with the exception Even of old old five, five, you guys weren't selling out the first two rounds of the playoffs. What are you talking about? Let's pull up the facts. We'll see the old seasons. Pull it up on your iPad, Gary. I'm not using it for personal use. This is a good answer. We'll, we'll, pull up, we'll pull up the attendance. I went to, I went to the ALCS game. They played Boston. The thing was packed. It was sold out. That's how we know it's nice and hard. Watch the movie. Ah. It's the Star Wars. Sounds like Star Wars. Oh, did you see? Did you see the video of the priest who watched it? No. It's hilarious. You gotta watch it. I'll, I'll give it. I'll show you the link. Is this the, is this the latest? Oh, it's Okay, Perry. Ready this year. Chicago White Sox are 27th in attendance. My father has. What's the What are the standings? They're like two games behind the Cubs. For record. All right, now the Cubs. Ninth. They average 11 more thousand fans. My sister Because you're in a neighborhood. I want to hear the bars and everything. Hey, I can't hear. Nothing to do with supporting the fans. We're supporting the team. How much does it protect the He was on set, and yeah, it was his leg. He was on set, and he uh, some something of the set fell on him, and they said it was on the Falcon, but it wasn't. Yeah, and then um, he had his plane; he couldn't land it, and then he landed it on a golf course. True story: landed it on a golf course, and a doctor was the first one to meet him to make sure he was okay because doctors playing golf. True story. So. Alright, take care of nothing with this case. Let's turn this back on. I think it's on the phone, so we're going to do without him. You talk, spoke him up. It's alright. It's Finney's sales tool.